Oh, hello. Hi. <laughs> hello there. Hi. Hi. How I, are you? I'm good. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, me too. Are you doing okay? Yeah, great. I'm doing fine. I'm ignoring Dan. Yeah. Oh, we have a guest today. Oh, we have a guest. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> you didn't you didn't play into our gimmick. <laughs> our stupid gimmick every time we have a guest is we go, hi, hello, hi. And then the guest goes, hi. And we go, <gasps> Who oh. is that? <laughs> But that's we didn't okay. explicitly tell you that, so that's No, you fine. didn't. No, yeah. we just expect our guests to know. I don't know why huh. we do that. that I don't that's know. weird. Why wouldn't you tell them about that? <laughs> um, because we're It's assholes. such a good joke. That's yeah, a fairly it's, decent gag. It's so funny. It's so funny. I would have I would have really laughed. <laughs> you would have felt like you're really part of something if you got to participate. Yeah, I feel like we're shitting on this gimmick a little hard. It actually, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> Dave is solidly behind the I'm gimmick. I'm behind the gimmick. I'm pretty sure every time we've successfully done the gimmick, we've gone, why do we do this every time? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> this is why we shouldn't do this anymore. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Hello, Dan. Hey, Hi, guys, Dan. How's it going? Ah. Dan is friend of the podcast. Hello. Yes. I'm a friend. Uh, a, a frequent <laughs> guest on the Three Dude Cast uh, and the, yeah. the member of our Sunday Screening Society. Yes. Yes. And we play D&D together. Yeah. yeah, man, we spend way too much time with you. I, I, you know what? I wouldn't be there if I didn't want to be there. That's nice. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, oh, I don't want to spend that much time with you. Oh, all right. Well, I, I, only, I only said that because when I came down here, you guys locked the door. Oh, right. So I, I wasn't sure. That's yes. just like an insurance policy. Okay, yeah. It's not right. weird. Right, okay. It There's like liability issues. We've had people like escape sure. and yeah. okay, yeah, and we wouldn't want that. <laughs> well, no, we don't need people like going to the police. You say escape like it's like they're trying to get away. I, I mean, you could say escape. I mean, they uh, they were going for a jog in their bare feet late <laughs> uh-huh. at night with some weird stains on their shirt. Stains? What kind of stains? Uh, they're like a kind of maroonish color. All right. Jam. It's certainly jam. It was. Okay. I think it was jam. Yes, a jam. Uh, we spilled it all on our shirts. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> That's all the jam you had? There's That's all, jam? all the jam right, we well. had. This is the weirdest three minutes ever on this entire show. I kept thinking that was going to go somewhere. It did not. Well, nope. I, I can't go anywhere because the door's locked. Uh, <laughs> it's not Stockholm Syndrome for those who are listening. I actually do want to be here. That's nice. I actually asked to be on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Though I don't know why. I'm really excited. No, I know why, because yeah. I, I really wanted to do it. I'm very excited about whatever your topic is, which I don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know um, yet. But um, but I, I'm very excited to see what you're going to bring to this episode. In all seriousness, I am glad that you're on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I I think I did too much research, and I'm kind of freaking out about it. But we'll no, see what don't worry about it. Yeah. The thing is, in real time, like every episode, it, as I'm going through, I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to skip that. I don't need to talk about that. I kind of already talked about that. I, I edit on the fly in my head. And because we, like, discuss as we go, sometimes I'll bring something up that yeah. he, like, had a little research on but wasn't necessarily going to mention. So yeah, I just figured you guys will tell me out. if I'm being boring, so. <laughs> no. Yeah. This will not I, be boring. I guarantee that it, it's not going to be boring. <clears throat> uh, all right, so what do we have to catch up on here? It's been uh, two it's weeks. Been, yeah, it's yeah. been two weeks yeah, since, been, we, since we last uh, did that. episode. It's been a while. Been a while. Well. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, I just, uh, so um, Game of Thrones ended. That oh, happened. Yeah, that happened. That's finally over. <laughs> you say finally? Like you were just like I didn't even want to be here for this. Well, you know, it's like at some point I'm just like okay, I'm I'm just on the rails. This is gonna end, and then we can get back to doing what we regularly do. Yeah, I think all of us have been eager to get back to yeah 
like watching bad movies. I don't know if we've really talked <laughs> about Sunday screening, Sunday night screening society on here. I don't here. think we have either. Every Sunday night we watch Nobody bad knows movies. What that is. <laughs> Literally, no one knows what yeah. that is. Yeah, we watch bad movies. We have a website. It's Sunday night screening society.com, the longest URL of all time. It's, it's almost untypable. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure, I have yet to go to the website. <laughs> and I, Your I, stuff made, is on the website. I know. I've been, I made content that's on the website. I haven't even been there. Yeah. Um, but basically, Dave bought this pack of movies that is uh, 50 movies from the 70s and 50 movies from the 80s that are like cheesy movies. Yeah. We roll to see what we're going to watch and yeah. then we watch it. And we try to write a review of it, um, if it's worth writing a review about. And Dan makes posters, movie posters. Yeah. Dave makes gifts. Um, yeah. We write reviews. We write reviews. For ourselves. For ourselves. So, yeah, I don't think anyone's actually paying attention to it. <laughs> no, no. No, they're not. But it's fun. No one, no one will ever discover it. But that's I mean, okay. Well, maybe like five people. We'll go to it because of this podcast, yeah, but like only once yeah. and they won't keep up on it. No, true. Yeah, they shouldn't. They should. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think the reviews that are on mm. there are like good. Mm. I am proud of the review that I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, what did I call it? It was um, Kelly and Son, a movie so bad we were ro- rooting, rooting for, for incest. incest. And we were. No. And we were. The room it's was honest. The room was literally cheering. <laughs> Never before a more shameful thing. Spoiler uh, yeah. alert, no incest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, light incest. <laughs> Implicit incest. So does, does Frenching your mom count as incest? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's on, it's on right. the list. It's on the, it's on the spectrum. <laughs> it's, it's on the incest spectrum. <laughs> the incest for spectrum. sure. I didn't um, know that was a thing, but now I do. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You learn something new every day. Light it's, incest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's not, it's certainly like knocking at the door. It's, yeah, it's pretty close. So d- instead of watching Kelly and Son, just go to SundayNightScreeningSociety.com and read my um, completely favorable review. <laughs> yeah, you really shouldn't watch Kelly and Son. It is. Yeah. It's it was not just good. way too long. Yeah, it's two. It was like two hours, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. It didn't really seem to go anywhere. It like made up a plot in like the last 30 minutes or whatever just, out of nowhere. Had, right. Uh, the plot was <clears> like following this kid in his throughout his entire life yeah like his entire life it's necessary no one's life is that interesting his certainly mine certainly isn't It's, it was weird. It's like, why are we following? Why are we? It was it was almost like it was like Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. but it was like a bad Citizen Kane where you see like like basically like two thirds more of like way before everything important happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that makes it incredibly hard to tell what the story is about. My favorite part was, was it um, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer drinking um, some kind of alcohol. Uh, it was like a Cosmo or something okay. out of like a plastic glass okay. and watching her husband French his mom yeah. on the stage. Right. That was my favorite part. <laughs> I, I think if I remember correctly, didn't even the audience of that event <clears throat> in the movie kind of be like, whoa. Yeah. A little bit. I think maybe a couple. Yeah. Not as many as she I mean, it took place in bothered. Texas and they're yeah. like, you know. <laughs> That's normal. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Kelly and Son. It was a Good. bad movie. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's a thing we do every Sunday. We took a break because Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. And so now we're going to get back to it. Which I'm really excited about. We have only too. watched like six of these movies or seven maybe. Yeah. We haven't watched a lot. I think our favorite was Hunk. 
Yeah, that was like <laughs> the a, most cohesive. It was actually a very entertaining movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's great because it's rooted in this like classic like uh, Mephistophelian bargain thing of like. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Kind of like a Faust. Sort yeah. Of right. Deal. Right. Yeah. Like uh, <clears throat> it's like uh, give up your soul in exchange for no longer being like a dweeby a coder. <laughs> you're like now going to be a beach hunk and also right. you're going to move. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like summer vacation. And then, and then you like you might fuck like a demon or something. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really weird but super entertaining movie. That one was good. It's yeah. a it's a good B movie for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've watched so many unwatchable ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the one, Most of them have been unwatchable. Yeah, really. I think like if it wasn't that we had committed so hard to watching these <laughs> movies, we would have turned them off. Yeah. The one, um, A Hazard of Hearts, wasn't. Bad. I mean, it was, it was kind boring. of boring, boring. Yeah. but it was probably one I of the more cohesive her. ones. The, also very creepy, like the 40-year-old man <laughs> lusting after a 13-year-old yeah, in the I very beginning, the opening her. scene. I will have her. I will have her. <laughs> it's very like, weird. It's like, guy, can you die? Nobody knows what that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a very creepy man in the bushes looking at a, a very, at a very young, young woman. Helena Bonham Carter. With binoculars. Like practically drooling on himself. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, when, do we anything else that we need to update on? I don't know. I feel weird that it's been like two whole weeks and I got like nothing. I to feel check like I've done nothing with my life. <laughs> I had um, I had roller derby last weekend. That was uh, fun. Right. It was exciting times. Yeah. We won both games That's by good. a lot. It was cool. Cool. Yeah. It was just. I mean, it was a normal amount of exciting. There wasn't anything. <laughs> Overly interesting that happened. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything else. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like I normally always have something, but yeah. the last two weeks just flew by. Yeah, it my, did. I mean, my life's certainly <laughs> not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also like the thing is, a big amount of our last two weeks was spent together. True. Yeah, we see we, each other like three is, nights a week. It's, actually, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I have really enjoyed that. We're a catching lot. you up on Rick and Morty, and it's been great. We're almost done. Good. We're going to do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We'll round out the third season tomorrow. Yes. So in other Unless words, we spend too much time playing a board game again, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Still, I I yeah. vote that we finish the season and then maybe we play a game if we have time. Yeah, like yeah. we could do whatever we want after right. that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So basically, our check-in is we've been watching television. We've yeah. been watching even more television than normal, but with the same people. Yeah. Just on extra nights of the week, we don't normally see yeah. them. Been, we've been seeing our friends like every night of the week. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> which it's, is really fun. It's been very busy, but it's been a lot of fun. Yes. Um, it's been kind of funny. I like I I'm keeping track of how not keeping keeping track, but. Uh, just how little time I've been spending like at my apartment this week because yeah, right. like, I'll, I will leave work, like stop off my apartment, change clothes and come hang out, hang out with you guys. And then yeah. like, that's been most of my days, which has been cool. Like, a, you yeah, know, I've been, been really fun. enjoying it. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. We 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 already kind of did some things, but it just seems like we've been like uh, kicking it up in a high gear. Yeah. yeah. Dan, nice. you should really start living out of your car like I basically <laughs> Uh, you should get a rolly bag, you know, and just like put your whole life in it, and just carry it, like wheel it behind you everywhere. That sounds like I do. So great. But <laughs> I feel like so great, so great. I feel like that's so something great. that that you do so well. Oh, you don't want to take my thing, right? I I, that's your. That's definitely your thing. I get it's, it. It's clearly your baby. I don't want to walk on this thing. <laughs> just, you don't want to walk on your baby. I don't want to walk on your baby. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to walk on your baby. Um. <laughs> 
My favorite so part, my favorite part about doing that is that my mom's dog Ginger um, attacks my bag yeah. every time I roll it in the house. So just to get from the front door to the basement stairs, I have to have a fight with a dog who just like attacks. My mom had to buy me a new purse because she like was biting through my purse. Oh. <laughs> like any bag I have, the dog has well, to attack it. The, the dog knows that that's a sign that you're leaving and they don't want you to leave. Um, uh. I think it's because hmm. they associate me with play because I'm or not that. there all the time. Yeah. And so she just like she's so puppy. And so she just right. doesn't know how to not do no. that. But oh, yeah, like anytime I anytime I go uh, to my mom's <laughs> house because she has a puppy as well. Anytime I go there. The dog just freaks out. And like, as mm. soon as I walk through the door, uh, what was that? I'm snapping, snapping at the dog. I'm, I'm sorry. We're having this conversation about dogs. So I look out to see what mine is doing. Licking and he's coming, he's coming up for air after licking his asshole. <laughs> he's smiling ear to ear, coming up for air because he's so exhausted of licking his own asshole. He's still doing it. I'm sorry. This makes me angry. He's like so no. angry. Bo, stop. Jesus. God. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, sorry. I just some nights I can't even handle it. I just really can't. you were saying so. No, yeah, it's like I, I'm so used to like every time I go to my mom's house, I will walk in the door and her dog just like jumps on top of me uh, or like tries to jump up at me because it's a smaller dog and then just like finds the, his nearest toy and just runs back and forth through the house. <laughs> yeah, runs right. back and forth, like yeah. doesn't even stop for like five whole minutes. It's like. <laughs> Which he, also, he gets like, the zoomies. It, yeah. makes, it makes it impossible to play with the dog when it's just like constantly <laughs> running past you. <laughs> you but know? it's like he's he's having fun. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, right. Man, I just realized that's a thing Zoe, my mom's other dog, hasn't done for a while. Is that when it was just her, sometimes I could like work her up mm-hmm. and she would get the zoomies and like scoot around <laughs> yeah. the living room usually. Mm-hmm. And it's not a very large living room. And she would run around the coffee table. But because she's a cattle dog... And she has really strong legs. Like the way she'd propel herself around was like she was in sitting position while running. Okay. Like it was a weird like backwards crouch thing. I don't know what. It was very strange looking. (laughs) But she doesn't do that as much anymore because she's usually playing with Ginger. And Ginger is. They taunt each other with rawhides is what they do. One goes and gets a rawhide and pretends like they're eating it happily. And then they bring it over to the other one and put it in their face and wait for the other one to get mad that they don't have a rawhide yeah, and then they fight move. over it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand, like, sometimes, like, what exactly they're trying to achieve. They're trying to fight. Like, they they want to play. They act like sisters. Yeah. Yeah, so for, for a short amount of time, uh, when my sister was living at my mom's house, um, we had another dog at the time, and my sister had gotten a dog, and our family dog was much older uh he was probably like 12 years old when okay. when she got her dog uh, my sister got her dog and so he's like not having it just like yeah. he's, he's like he's yeah. the established like alone. this is my house <laughs> like i don't have to do any of this this like, I'm, I'm settled here yeah right right <laughs> but he was he was an ornery old dog too yeah. uh so anytime my sister's puppy would like leave his toy alone he would come over, like sneak over and grab it, and like this is mine now. And it was just like it was that thing. It's just like that's oh funny. yeah, this, this is my house. That's mine now. <laughs> Everything um, here is mine. Right, right. And like it was really funny to watch those two play because it was like a, a puppy and this old dog that was just like 
didn't have to do much, but he's like the equivalent of the character that's like, I'm too old for this. Too old yeah, for this yeah. shit. But it was really cute watching them eventually like get along and then like they would still play for yeah. for a while and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was kinda cute. My in my mom's situation, her dog Zoe was a rescue. She's only like maybe a year, year and a half older than Ginger, but she had like a really bad life situation before like she was abandoned and yeah. it was just bad. So we don't know exactly what happened, but she has like doggy PTSD. Like some days yeah. she will just like shake for no reason. And we would have times like that was hard to get her to come out of the bedroom and like off the bed and like be in the living room. And a, like no one could let the dog outside except for my mom and sometimes me. So they basically bought a dog for their dog and it's worked out really well. Like she spends, she doesn't spend time alone in the bedroom anymore. She like, they're always out and I go to leave in the morning and they're lying on the same couch, yeah. just like passed out on the same couch. And I'm like, God, this is so nice. Yeah, like, right. yeah. Um, so it's, it's, she's like, Ginger has taught Zoe how to be a dog again mm, a little bit. That's awesome. And every now and then, cause Ginger plays with toys all the time. Mm-hmm. When Ginger's not around, like, doing something else, Zoe will grab one of her toys and, like, kind of look at you and then try to play with it and then stop and look at you like, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? This is what I'm doing. Like, she just imitates Ginger and then looks at you for approval. And it's so funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. yeah this like, has been dog talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the interest of doing the show... <laughs> um, Which show? What are you talking about? Trues and Fnews? I think it's time to play Trues and Fnews. Have right. you heard of this game that's sweeping the nation? How have I? How would you not hear about this game? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> playing Every, it. Everybody's playing it. Everyone's playing it on every boardwalk, <laughs> uh, behind every McDonald's. Every park place. And, yeah, in every... <laughs> In every shady alley. Dino Railroad. Yeah. Pennsylvania Avenue. Right. Every one of those. <laughs> Literally every Monopoly property, people are playing this game. I saw someone at the electric company playing it. <laughs> I went somewhere. I parked for free. I decided to play it. Um, I was visiting someone in jail. <laughs> they were playing it. <laughs> uh, literally everywhere I go. Huh? Go? Pass? <laughs> no, whatever. Wow. Let's play Trues and Trues. <laughs> You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me? It's time for truth and truth. Time to play truth and truth. Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing a famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for truth and truth. A Merv Griffin production. Trues and Fnews, that game, that classic game, that super fun game. What is it, Christy? <laughs> oh, God, I thought you were just going to do it. I'm not going to. I will do it. Trues and Fnews is a really fun game where I will give you two false news headlines, one true news headline. You have to tell me which is the truth and which is the Fnews. This brilliantly named game. I, he makes fun of it all the time, but it was his <laughs> fucking game. <laughs> So I don't know if you I don't know if you heard uh, when I hosted the DVCast last time I did that that movie trivia game. God, that was so yeah. cool. And one of the the, the categories I, I came up with was called Trues and Views, right? Because of that. <laughs> and when I was writing it down, I'm like, how the fuck do you spell Trues and Views? T R E W S. Oh, really? F N E W S. Okay. In yeah. my head, it's F N O O Z. 
That doesn't make any sense because it's news. Just, they're both ba- they're both based off the word news. I get that. Just but phonetically, my, yeah. I want it Although, to be cruise and news. Actually, <laughs> how, do spell, how do you spell truze, Dave? Uh, T-R-O-O-Z. <laughs> no, actually, it's T-R-U-S-Z. <laughs> There's umlauts. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, like a backwards H or something. I don't know. Um, a backwards I, H would just be an H. Uh, lowercase. Oh, okay. Uh, when <laughs> when I was writing truths and fnews this time, though, I was like, maybe I should end fnews with a Z just to spice it up a little bit. <laughs> spice it up a bit. Spice it up a little bit. Wow. Z in there. Yeah, I really had that thought. <laughs> a little it's pan- funny that we discussed it. A little panache, it. a little boom, <laughs> a little pop to it. I'm rewriting truths and fnews the way we just discussed spelling it. <laughs> Just above it, just so I remember. I like it. Ooh, wow! Look at this brand new game. Wow! Yeah, it a really fresh coat of paint you know, on this, this. Yeah, now that this, I see this it, rickety old junk. This now classic. that I see it, the name is just as bad. It's like a, it's like New Coke, uh, <laughs> which apparently is coming back because of Stranger Things. You see that? Are you fucking kidding me? Or is that? Um, did, I, did I just step on your shoes and sneakers? No, you're fine. <laughs> step all over it. Wait, because no, 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 that's yeah, not one that of the things. Been, that could have been a fake headline. For it sure. was not. You yeah. did shoot him kind of a look, though. Oh, like, I didn't mean to. That's just my face. <laughs> That's just my face. The Christy Davenport story. It really is. Nice. I I feel like I have to explain that to people all the time. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of uh, at the the fundraiser when someone said, "Hey, diabetes over there is giving me a look, look right." Yeah, she's like, "Oh, hey, diabetes over there is giving you a look," and I was like, "And the guy in the colored shirt?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, oh, that's my stepdad. <laughs> and she's like, well, why does his face look like that? I was like, I don't know. It's just his face. <laughs> just his face. This is it was really funny. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's just our faces. Sometimes you just have a real intense looking face. Mm-hmm. And you can't help it. Mm-hmm. So let's start. Let's play this game. On that note. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> um, we're really good at segues on this podcast. So good cool, at it. Oh, yeah. Man, it's like clockwork, this show. <laughs> <laughs> First Real story. High class production. First headline. All right. Nurse swapped 5,000 babies in 12 years at Zombian Maternity Ward. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Second, Doc's YouTuber jokingly asked fans to send her food. Homeless shelter gets a feast. Oh. Third headline. Oh. Real pastor holds church in VR, baptizes anime girl. <laughs> Okay. Oh wow! All right. Um, <laughs> recap. I, yeah, I'm gonna. Need for what it's worth, I already have to say I have to abstain. You I, know, I know which oh, one it is. Okay, but I will. In fact, let let him guess, mm-hmm. and then you can mm-hmm. still guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Nurse I'm, swapped. I'm, I'm like rubbing my chin. <laughs> nurse swapped five thousand babies in twelve years at Zombie and Maternity Ward. Uh, second, doxed YouTuber jokingly asked fans to send her food. Homeless shelter gets a feast. And lastly, real pastor holds church in VR, baptizes anime girl. So first question, what was the name of the maternity ward? It's a zombie, like Zambia, Zambia, Z-A-M-B-A. Z- 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 okay, all right, all right. When you said zombie <laughs> I was thinking like... I knew it was going to sound zombie like zombie. babies? <laughs> I knew it was going to sound like that. Someone's got so Someone's, someone's going to birth them zombie babies. Yeah, right? I mean, zombies have babies too. Do they have babies? How does that work? Um... And then what was the the first word of the the, the second one? Is it doxed? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so they they were doxed, but the uh, the address wasn't, or maybe they were YouTubing out of a homeless shelter. Am I overthinking the truths and news? <laughs> <laughs> 
so I love when other people play this the, game. <laughs> Doc's YouTuber jokingly asked fans to send her food. Yeah. Homeless shelter gets a feast. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Huh. That's okay? a com- that's a compound head. It's yeah. a compound it's like two- thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Because of because of thing related. A, thing C happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and the third one. <laughs> the third one was uh, yeah. I got I got that one. The real uh, pastor using fake baptisms. Um, right. I, on an anime girl, you're missing an, the most important well, I mean, part. In VR, everyone's anime. That's true. <laughs> does it count? That's but how great, anime? That's a great question. Is it like does it count for God if you're like Avatar gets Avatar baptized? Is so, that like good enough for your soul? I'm I'm not God. Sure. Um, well, all right. Well, I'll be I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like if the incense there, it's probably he's probably like, all right, I see what you're trying I to mean, do. That's I mean, I mean, baptizing is a symbol. It's anyway. a symbolic act. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's already exactly. It's Although already I mean, it, it probably also depends on your like belief system and what religion exactly. Because I mean, it is blessed water is holy water, mm-hmm. and so there yeah. is some physical Hashtag component blessed. to it. Hashtag it. blessed water. I was say, like there's some things like the Catholics really believe that becomes like a like a it body of body and blood, right? And so it's it like, is mm-hmm. his body. So it's like how and you how, do share that cup with lots of other people. But the, he's got a little dirty rag to wipe the yeah. Lip you just have the <laughs> you just have the same rag that you used to wipe everyone, everyone else. else it's spit. fine. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's super sanitary. Super sanitary. Uh, well, it's wine, so it's, wait, is it soup or sanitary? I'm gonna, I'll take the soup. <laughs> it's a game within a game. I think I'm gonna go with the the VR pastor guy. I think that's so the truth. So you think that's the real one? I think that's the truth. Uh, what do you think? Here's the thing. I'm frustrated because I actually think two of these are true. What? I okay. actually think two of them are true. All right. I am almost certain that I read. I'm no. I'm, I'm certain that I read the third one. That that happened. The pastor one? Yes. The okay. F- the first one, I swear to God, I was reading about this a month ago. Okay. So, Are you guys ready for the reveal? Yeah, let's, let's yeah. find out what the truth is. The truth is the real pastor. Yeah. <laughs> holds church in VR, <laughs> baptizes anime girl. Yeah. You did read about the first one a month ago. Yeah. Uh, it is false. No shit. Oh, Because I was going to use it as truths, and yeah. then I looked into it a little further, and it was on it's Snopes news. as being false. You know what? I keep seeing that. You can't count on not the onion anymore. Yeah. Uh, the sub, oh, yeah, the yeah. You got to be careful. This. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just today mm-hmm. I saw a story about a uh, a pastor somewhere in Africa. I can't remember where that was selling five hundred dollar tickets to heaven to people. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't real either. Nope. It would. <laughs> Snopes had it listed as an article about t- a couple in Florida from 2015. So it seems yeah, like it's one whenever of those ones you just comes yeah. back. Yeah, I've gotten tricked by not the onion before too. Can you tell us more any more about the the anime girl baptism? <laughs> yeah, I have it on my um phone here. I think it basically it is exactly what you think it is. Yeah. Um this pastor started holding like virtual virtual baptism. Baptism and the person he was baptizing their uh avatar, avatar was yeah. a like blue-haired busty anime girl <laughs> so and so like, baptized like vr chat where you can just like yeah some kind of they didn't say what it was yeah. but i got the gist i wonder of how many kind of um like <clears throat> knuckles what's, what's the what's the name for that that You've seen the, the like the, the weirdly shaped knuckles. Oh, <laughs> Ugandan knuckles. Yeah, Ugandan knuckles. I wonder how many Ugandan knuckles 
were in that baptized. room. Yeah, it's like right. an, an anime girl with blue hair being baptized right. in front of a sea of Ugandan <laughs> knuckles, <laughs> and they're all this going, queen. "This is the way. This is our queen." <laughs> okay, Pastor wow. DJ Old Soto memes. is the subject of a new video from YouTuber Sirmore S Y R M O R via Polygon. And the whole process is equal parts earnest and absurd. Soto describes his VR ministry as allowing disadvantaged people, from folks to wheelchairs to recovering addicts, to attend church without the judgment that sometimes comes from traditional congregations, which is a good thought. Yeah, it's actually a really nice idea. Yeah. So fellow YouTuber Drumsy, appearing in VR chat as a busty pink-haired anime girl in a pastel suit, undergoes a digital baptism by crouching underwater for a few seconds as Soto describes the symbolism of the ceremony. You can see Drumsy's own perspective of the baptism on YouTube or see Sir Moore's full video below. Uh, after the baptism, a banana hugs Drumsy. <laughs> a tiny cat asks how Drumsy feels. <laughs> I didn't get to this part when I read it earlier. Drumsy said, I feel like I'm out of breath. I feel like I just had an experience. Then SpongeBob hops into the baptism <laughs> pool, soaks up all the water, and runs away. <laughs> it is, again, absolutely absurd and absolutely earnest. Oh, man. SpongeBob. <laughs> Soto himself. The holy water and runs away. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Oh my Soto himself has been retweeting these videos in between announcements of his <laughs> VR church schedule. So even with some accounting for the wild gags in these videos, it seems he's glad they're out there. Oh my god! I mean, um, if you're if you're holding <clears throat> church in VR, like you have to have some sort of self awareness of sure. things are going to get weird. And, yeah, and you should you you should embrace <laughs> that. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like this it, church it service, it seems will like be he a, does. It'll be a little bit like Reddit, like in this church service. You <laughs> yeah. just have to like kind of deal with that. Yeah, um, that's kind of honestly, that's kind of great. I, I think that's a really I, cool I think thing. it's I don't, a, I don't a nice it. idea. I yeah. don't hate it. I at think all. it's a nice idea. It is just like a very bizarre tableau. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. a very very weird, but also like really cool. I like. I think that's actually a, a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I tricked you, Dave. Until it's a good thing until SpongeBob comes in there and ruins it. <laughs> It's a good thing. Stealing the holy water. Stealing the water. Because he would. Do you a, remember my weird morning thought of the day the other day? Um, um, <laughs> after danger coconut? After danger coconut? <laughs> yeah. It was, was um, it? scoop bot scare yes. pants. Yes. Yes. Please, yeah. please describe this on microphone for an audience <laughs> of people. So, so lately, them. every now and then, like, in the morning you wake up and your brain is like, you're still kind of in that dreamy state of mind, but mm. you're awake. And so I would have like a weird thought and I just report it to our friend group because <laughs> I need to document it somewhere. Yeah. And the first one I had, I woke up the one morning and I woke up with the thought danger coconut in my head with no context for what it means. <laughs> I later contextualized it. I It's like a, a coconut assassin. Yeah, he's like he's, he's assassin. responsible for like all the major events. Like he assassinated Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> um, and then... I woke up the other day. I don't know what exactly I was thinking, but like I went through this series of thoughts where I thought SpongeBob, no, that's not unique enough. Instead, it should be Scoopbot Scare Pants. <laughs> <laughs> and what this is is, this is so weird. <laughs> 
Even it's for you. a robot made for scooping things. So it has like a little shovel type thing. And on the back of the shovel, when it lifts it up, there's a scary face. And so he goes, he sneaks up on people and tries to scare them with the scoop lifted up. And he says, boo, in his little robot voice. <laughs> Even for you. Yep. That's those, freaking weird. Those are the kinds <laughs> of thoughts I have. In the morning. That's terrifying. So, sometimes when I'm falling asleep, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like that. It's weird, like a hallucination y kind of right. thing. Yeah. Right. I want to start documenting them, though. I think we need to start making the photoshops of Danger Coconut. <laughs> we do need to make the Danger Coconut. To... And we still need to make the t shirts for this podcast. That's right. Established uh, 1720. Oh, yeah. 17... I, would, I would wear a shirt. Yeah, I'd wear that. It's like a, any any podcast claiming to have been around since the 1700s. Right. That's just fun. That's fun. <clears throat> well, you did a good job of... Uh, of uh, Kind of that, tricking you? Yeah, that's because I definitely wasn't... I'm not sure which of those two. So I leaned on the, the one I'd read the most recently, but I wasn't yeah. sure that was right. That was a great quiz, though. Kind of tricked you. <sighs> that was a great quiz. Um, middle segment time. I'm going to introduce a short one. Because, uh, because I don't know, I don't really have anything I'm crazy about for the middle segment. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, despite I, I, the fact that when I asked you earlier if you had the middle segment, <laughs> well, yeah, you, I'm good, I'm good, you yeah. confidently said you did. It's fine. <laughs> like I told you guys earlier, I could probably talk about the topic uh, today for a while. So right, uh, it's, yeah, it's and fine. and guest episodes tend to like we be more flushed out anyway. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's oh, okay. Yeah. But what I wanted to... Flushed oh, out. Oh, yeah. oh, God. This is not that podcast, guys. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, this isn't the dude cast. Oh, sorry. Do that you got here. confused. Well, to be fair, that, that is, that's how I operate every day, any day. So yeah. that's why it's such a perfect fit for that. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'll keep it quick here on this one. I know you had some other ideas. Uh, no, but, I can't use them another time. If you have okay. something, then we should go with it. Well, okay. So the thing I wanted to talk about is, and I, it's a, with a little bit of an apology, we floated the idea a while back of send us your beer ideas and we'll pick <laughs> one and we'll make one. Yeah. Well. And then we Dave never, didn't we make beer. never did that. <laughs> For a very long time. But we still have the suggestions, right? We still have the list. And yes, I, somewhere. And I'm trying to remember if we selected one. We never selected one. I don't know one. that we did. So I am going to try to make good on this because uh, it's brewing season again. It's getting mm-hmm. nice outside. I'm starting to do brewing again. And I wanted to bring this back up and actually do one of those beers so that we could solicit again Another suggestion round. I, I think my favorite was Adam's suggestion, which was <coughs> Dave's procrastination brew or nice. something like that. Yeah. Which I think is just the first beer you're brewing right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Automatically. <laughs> yeah, it. right. So I guess the uh, the uh, um, the two hearted clone that I'm making, which is right called now. Dave's yeah, who farted, who farted ale. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, but uh, I, I'm hoping to do this again. So I just wanted to say that we're going to look back through those again. And uh, and pick one of them. And, and if you have a new idea or you didn't get to make a <clears> suggestion, <throat> please do that now. Yes, because uh, I'm really excited to start brewing again. I went through a huge slump last year of like ju- I just stopped. Well, we had lots of things in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's true. <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had a freezer jam packed with chicken lots nuggies, of mac and cheese. Oh mac yeah, cheese. so much mac and cheese, uh, potatoes and uh, and and buns. And now uh, we have mini cakes, and I'm gonna eat one later. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We actually have like six boxes of mini cakes down oh, here or something more? like that. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, we have more. Uh, Dan, can, you and I are going <clears> to <throat> eat some mini cake. Yeah, <laughs> so all of our like uh, food sur- surpluses come from Jed, uh, mm-hmm. and and they're fantastic. But uh, so now there's actually room in the fridge again to start putting beer in there again. Yeah, the the mini cakes are a lot more compact yeah. than the twenty pounds of mac and cheese was. So <laughs> dude, I fucked with that mac and cheese. That was great. Yeah, it was, it was, really, it good. was really good. Yeah. There was the <laughs> one I really liked was the the pulled pork mac. Yeah, I I don't know if I got to have that one. <sighs> so we basically recreated that a couple weeks ago. That's true, yeah. Because I made yeah. pulled pork, and we had, like, buns for people to have sandwiches. But I think everyone, for the most part, just mixed it into the mac and cheese I made. I for yeah. sure did, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. I liked yeah. it that way. Those worked together. But uh, I, I, I really don't want to give that um, all the credit for why I didn't brew, because the thing is, I could have put it in bottles. I could have bottled it. You could have done that. And it didn't, wouldn't have required my fridge to do that. What really happened is I just ran out of steam on the idea. I just, like, didn't... I didn't get excited about brewing, mm-hmm. um, and I just let the idea kind of float, you know, out there about what I was going to do next, and then just never did anything. I don't want to do that again. So uh, I think it'd be nice if anyone has any ideas for, uh, you know, an interesting new beer or something that you would like to taste in a beer, if we uh, open that up again for submissions. I all of a sudden feel a ton of pressure to come up with an idea. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's hard. I can't remember who submitted at um, one point. If you don't come up with one right now, we're uh-huh. actually kicking you off the show, and you're not allowed to tell us your research that you spent at least five hours on. Yeah, right. Uh, how about how about a beer? Uh, That's that, a good start. That tastes like, um, <laughs> oof, uh, it's it's like a like it a beer like flavor. Disappointing your parents. <laughs> It's like uh, <laughs> a beer that tastes like, hmm. You know when you like, when it, after it rained and it like, you just step outside, you get that yeah. smell Petricor? in your mouth. Smell of rain. The smell of rain. Petrichor. What? Yeah, what? Petrichor. What? It's the name of that smell. A beer that tastes like petrichor. Explain that. <laughs> it It's the smell what after is, it rains. What is petrichor? It's well, now you're going to have to make me look up the details of it. Well, you can't just drop a word like that and not tell me what it is. Well, I watched Doctor Who. I'm sorry. <laughs> Weird flex, but OK. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what that is, but I, I guess if the smell of rain is actually like a thing, that's very it's absolutely a thing. Petrichor, a pleasant smell that frequently accompanies the first rain after a long period of warm, dry weather. Yeah, so make a beer that's, that tastes like that. All right. <laughs> I don't even know how you how you bottle that. Well, come on, Dave. <laughs> Figure it out. I thought you were the, the beer guy. <laughs> Evidently not. I don't know what I would do there. Uh, but I do. I, <laughs> so I know I'm going to make certain things. Like, I know I want to make that vanilla orange IPA again. Okay. Uh, I want to make that uh, the uh, bananas foster ale again. I have lots of ideas, but it'd be nice to try something new. So, yeah, we still. Come quat. Bananas foster the people. <laughs> That would be a good thing. That's not bad. Um, Yeah. I'm sure that somebody's already thought of that. They might have. David. I'm not that original. Kumquat. 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 That's that's Trisha's thing, isn't it? It is. For some some reason, she kept saying it and making herself laugh. like in the car with Chris one day, and she just kept saying kumquat and laughing. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny. And it is is one of those. I mean, if you say a word enough anyway, it like dissociates in your head, you know? But. That word is already so weird that mm-hmm. it, you say it like five times and it's already so bizarre. Uh, How the, bizarre? 
How bizarre. <laughs> do, 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 do. The, the word for that is, I, I know this because Ben has told me like 10 times, is mm. semantic satiation. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that good old Ben. Ben knows everything about everything. He does. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. Email us, goosejadepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can comment you on the Facebook. Dave won't see it, but I will tell him about yeah, it. Yeah, still off Facebook. Yeah, I, I don't I, know if you've actually said that on here. I alluded to it on the Facebook, but yeah, I didn't I don't know if I did. point on it. I feel like it's good to like just let people know you quit Facebook because I, I do have this anxiety that like everyone thinks I blocked them. <laughs> you know? Because like you wouldn't know the difference. I see, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You know? So like, like just people being like, yeah, what'd I say? Right. You know? Like I don't want that happening in the world. I don't want to do that. You, 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 saw, you just wanted every – like you wanted to block everybody. You thought it would be more efficient to just yeah. leave the thing Actually, entirely. We just left. That is kind of what I did. <laughs> I blocked every person on Facebook. <laughs> Even the people that you're not friends with. <laughs> Man, Dave, you're wow, a what, genius. What an asshole. What an asshole. <laughs> well, you say asshole. I say genius. <laughs> That's silly. Anyway, I guess this is a good time to take a break, right? If you say so. I do. I insist. Oh. I'm, not, right. I'm not leaving it up to you. Uh, okay. Good. I thought I was. Right. Dave, Dave, <laughs> I just noticed you You forgot to hide the hammer. What? Oh, the hammer. <gasps> For the hammering. For the jam. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It finally went somewhere. I'm happy. Man. Well, what a callback. Thank you, Chris. There actually is a hammer yeah. over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For those not in this room right now, there's a hammer in the right. corner. Uh, it is slightly to... hidden, and yeah. I looked at it and went, oh, my God. That's, that's really funny. <laughs> I'm just going to go and get between Dan and that hammer, and when we come back, we'll wow, have a minute segment for this episode. <laughs> and hopefully Dan will still be alive to tell us about it. <laughs> Why do you right. say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Yes. And I'm back, too. Dan's also <laughs> back. I don't know what you guys were talking about, about that uh, that jam earlier, but I still haven't seen any. No, there's no, um, yeah. there, there's no jam in we, this room right yeah, now. Yeah, we don't okay. have to no. Well, about maybe that. later. Yeah. <laughs> yes, maybe later. Maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dumb joke. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, so, main segment time. Main uh, segment time. I'm excited. What do you guys got for this, for us this week? <laughs> what do you guys have? <laughs> 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 have? If that if you had, if we hadn't been, if we hadn't been clear about this and you came in and we're just like all right so what do you guys got that would have been We'd a have really to immediately show. stop the episode yeah the show would be over it's just it it would me and David look at each other in panic and go shit wow <laughs> uh, all right yeah but I, I did actually bring a, a I, I, could, I, I, brought I could vamp about Scientology for a little bit Ooh. Yeah, that's true, which we've never done, actually. We haven't done it as that's a topic. We've mentioned it several mm. times. We've skirted around it because so many people have done so much more on Scientology. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, because I know so much about it, 
it's really hard to like distill it down for me. Sure. Right. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So let's talk about Banksy. Oh, oh, shit. So here's the thing. Everybody knows Banksy. Yes. But like nobody knows Banksy. I am mm-hmm. so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah. So for, for those who don't know, if you are listening, you don't know who Banksy is. He is a uh, graffiti artist. Like yeah. basically the most famous graffiti artist there is now. Yeah. Right. Uh, so much so that he's transcended from being a graffiti artist to actually being an artist. Yeah, right. Uh, and having his work respected Possibly worldwide. the first time ever? Yeah, yeah, pro- possibly. <clears throat> uh, like the, the closest one to him would be like Shepard Fairey. He's the other um, guy I think of. He's the other guy. He's the Obey um, guy. He's the Obey guy, yeah. He, yeah. He's the one who did the Obama Hope poster. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, that was Shepard mm-hmm. Fairey. But uh, Banksy, he, his, his work is a little bit more uh, subversive and a little bit more... Um, like biting political statements and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I remember mm-hmm. uh, some like lots of pieces like where like rats are doing like yes. human things. Yeah, his uh his a lot of his <laughs> his first um stuff was was involving rats. Um yeah. which uh he he said that somebody pointed out to him and was like, "Oh, that that's like that's really clever because rat is is an anagram of art." And he had to kind of like nod his head and be like, "Oh yeah, I totally thought of that beforehand." <laughs> uh but it was just that he he thought rats were kind of fun. Yeah, right. So like I I uh I've done a lot of research on on Banksy uh not just for this show but also uh, when I was in school, I did a, like a thing on him as well. Yeah. Uh, but that was like eight years ago. So <laughs> I was, he's done more stuff since then. Um, you mean his life has continued <laughs> on in right. a forward trajectory after, for the past eight after years? After I did a school project on him, he, he continued doing other stuff. Yeah, it's amazing, right? Uh, <laughs> what nerve. He, he didn't hear about that and then like jump into like a cryo chamber. <laughs> yeah. Because he's done enough. Well, Dan did a project on me. So now it's all over from here. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, that about sums me up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically, um, you know, <laughs> I don't really know where to start necessarily. Yeah, right. Because uh, I, I have like a full like rundown of everything he's done in his whole life. Uh, but yeah, essentially, um, like people who do, or if they're not sure, they recognize his artwork. Like a good example would be the uh, the girl with the balloon. Yes, it's that's probably his, his most like, recognizable thing. It's, it's basically just a yeah, a girl with a balloon floating mm-hmm. into the sky. Yeah, uh, we already talked about the rat stuff earlier, and then um, you know he's he's just done so much stuff. His his work kind of spans so many different <laughs> topics. Yeah. It's very eclectic. Yeah, um, he's also an Academy Award uh, nominated filmmaker. Right, uh, which because is kind of crazy because of the documentary on him. Right? Yeah, well, it wasn't. Uh, he made a documentary oh. uh, on the guy who was making a documentary about him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's honestly a great movie. That's um, really funny, and yeah. I did not know that happened. Yeah, it's really great, and it's actually a really good documentary. Hence the Academy <laughs> Award nomination. Uh, but yeah, he's he is a art. He is a went from being a common vandal to having his work sold in art auctions for millions of pounds yeah. and, um, you know, being nominated for Academy Awards and stuff like that. So, And he's still an unknown entity, right? Like, we don't know his actual identity. Well, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that part. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. That's going to be, you know, part of this a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Cool. I knew you would have to talk about that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, uh, he's done a very good job of keeping himself anonymous, but there's been several uh, people trying to figure out who he is. Yeah. I know and, there's uh, some leads. Yeah, there's some leads. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll I, I think of later. a couple people when I, I think of, like, people who've done this <clears> thing. I think of um, Chris Simpson's artist. Okay. Do you know of Chris Simpson's artist? 
He's a he's a guy you probably would recognize from Facebook. He does these really grotesque illustrations. Of Usually, like, like it's like somewhat humanoid figures, but then they have like a really long limb or something okay. like. Um, and they're just bizarre. And sometimes they'll have like little blurbs of like advice or like something like that. And it's always very strange. Yeah. Um, he has a couple books that he wrote, and <clears throat> in one there's an in, there's one that's just a book about life and so he talks about childbirth and there's oh, an image this. of yes, the baby inside this. the mom that's chris yeah, Simpson's okay. artist. all right all right um and then there's a chuck tingle chuck tingles chuck tingle with his famous chuck tinglers the, the author of the those tinglers <laughs> those weird erotic novels about things like triceratops or, or oh. raptors or bigfoot or donald trump <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think we talked about that before, either yes. uh, just when we're hanging out or on a other podcast. That yes. guy has a podcast as yeah. well, where All he right. has celebrities read his tinglers. Cool. <laughs> one, of the, one of the McElroys read uh, one of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and then there, are, there's a guy that people are reportedly calling the Banksy of photography. He's okay. just like he he takes like nature photos, but he just he doesn't want people to know who he is because right. he just wants yeah. to be able to live his life. Sure. But he took like a really famous picture of his black lab that like his dog went on a walk and he came home and he was like napping on the couch and he took a picture and it's like everywhere well obviously uh banksy wanted to remain anonymous for legal reasons yeah that makes sense in that case his uh his medium is the city around him and the very walls that everyone sees every day um which is you know started as just being you know this cool thing he did with his friends uh so when he was 14 he, he basically did you know freehand uh, graffiti art like you would see on the walls in New York and stuff like that. It was popular at the time. Yeah. Uh, kind of growing up in the, the early 90s and things like that. And then mm. he uh, he talks about or he's been interviewed a couple different times and he's he's published a few books, uh, one of which that I own. I brought with me today if you guys oh, want to yeah. see the stuff in there. Um, he talks about in there how he was never very good at being able to freehand spray paint. He was, he was just always slow and the work was kind of sloppy. He couldn't yeah. really like plan out his his tag before he did it so it ended up being like letters too close together too far apart it just didn't look right. very good um so he talks about in, in that book about how one night when he was out you know tagging with his friends uh you know the cops were coming for them and his <laughs> friends got away but he had to like hide underneath a van and oh god under i forget what kind of van it was it was like a tra- it was like a trash truck or something like that Mm -hmm. and he was hiding under there like waiting for the cops to to, you know leave him alone and he noticed how like the words on one of the panels below it were stenciled on there yeah he's like oh i could actually do that i could just stencil my art yeah and make it a lot bigger and do it a lot faster (laughs) and it would look a lot better because it would be more easily reproduced so he basically went from doing like freehand spray painting to, yeah. you know, cutting out stencils and using that. And that became his whole approach. Yeah. And that's kind of what he kind of revolutionized when it came to graffiti art uh, and street art in general is being able to do a like a repeated like pattern and things like that. I bet people were really stencils. on the fence about that. Um, I bet, I bet there, there were some strong reactions that that's not that's not really that's like not true what it's graffiti. About. But also, if you think about it, there needs to be more forethought. If you're doing that right, like you're thinking about it a lot more if you're creating an art piece and then making a stencil of it and then carrying it with you. And like, it's obviously a thoughtful thing. Yes. 
Yeah, and, and I don't think it was a, like again doing all my research. I never saw anybody like claiming this was not the right thing to do because again, these guys are are just you know they're they're vandals. They're just doing things to, sure. to do it. They're just have like they're just trying to do this thing they think is cool. Yeah. So there's not like there's the no wrong way to yeah, do there's, that. There's no there's no pretension when it comes to graffiti art. It's just like you do the thing because the thing is like he talks about this a lot. Is like he would do he would do a tag and it'd be up there for like twelve hours and it would get you know covered up with something else. Right. That's that's the whole idea. It's like it's a temporary medium. Yeah, it's ephemeral. Yeah. It's just it's, like it's like a mandala. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that like what a, they call this? Yeah. yeah. A, a, a mandala. Yeah. Yeah. Where they just you just blow it away when you're done. It's made out of. Have you know what that is right? I, I don't. I don't know what that is. It's um, <laughs> You've done a lot by like monks, it. but they traditionally make them out of sand. Mm. And then once they're completed, they clear it away. Okay. And yeah. the point is that uh, it's supposed to be the enjoyment and pride of doing it, yeah. not the memorialization of it. Right. So once you've completed it, you wipe it away. So there's something kind of zen about knowing that your work is going to be destroyed yeah, and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the craziest thing about uh, how he really became famous is because, you know, when he started doing all this stuff, it was kind of when the Internet was also catching on and people were using that for other things as well. So in the past, you know, if you did a, a tag, it would be up there for a couple hours, maybe a day or two, and you get covered up by somebody, something <laughs> else by somebody who is actively getting rid of graffiti or right. just other taggers covering up your stuff. Yeah. But now that, you know, the Internet was a thing, people could take a picture of that and then like share it online. Yeah. And they so kind of lived in this secondary space on the Internet. That's um, so that's really that's really where like. He he kind of came around at the perfect time for this sort of movement to catch on. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. That God, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. So he uh, he grew up in Bristol and that's where he, you know, kind of lived for most of his life in his teenage years. Okay. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of his his graffiti came from, because apparently the the area he lived in in Bristol, um, there was a, a graffiti artist that had kind of started up around there uh, going by the, you know, moniker 3D. Uh, which apparently became um, one of the founding members of the band Massive Attack uh, hmm. from the same area, and he was he was doing that, and uh, you know he thought this was really cool. So that's that's kind of where he started, because, just because that graffiti was a big thing in that area. Yeah. Um, and then he moved to London in 2000 and kind of picked up his his uh, his stuff there. 2000, um, huh? Yeah. It, it was, it, it was, um, I guess I might have missed this part, but like at what point did he start doing the stencil artwork? Um, it was around when he so it's a little nebulous because they don't really talk too much about because obviously he wants to remain as anonymous as possible. He doesn't sure. really talk much about where he was at a certain point. Right. But basically he said when he was around 18 and, um, you know, doing my research, things like that, uh, they were saying like most of his more notable works were starting to pop up around like 1997 or so. Okay. So like in Bristol, like probably around then was when he was 18 years old or so. Okay. Um, and then in 2000, he moved to London and that's where he started to really see that a lot more prominently because it's a bigger city. Sure. There's more stuff he could do there. (laughs) Um, and he started kind of thinking more about, you know, viewing this as actual art instead of just, you know, tagging and things like that. Uh, so he and a, a couple of his uh, compatriots, I guess you could say, in, in London, fellow graffiti artists, mm-hmm. um, they actually held a uh, graffiti art exhibit uh, in, a, in a tunnel next to a pub uh, in 2001. That's sweet. They said they, they went in there wearing like orange construction vests and like painted all the walls white. 
you know, because it looks official and things like that. Yeah, right. And then they went in there and basically like put up their artwork uh, and then just like grabbed a, butt, a couple of beers and played music out of a van. And they had like 500 people show up. Uh, to this <laughs> this art exhibit, uh, in that's a, a really cool idea. Yeah, it yeah, it was like the first time that they were starting to think about about this as a as a real art form instead of just you know vandalism or yeah. things like that. I like the idea of like a guerrilla art exhibit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was just like word of mouth, like you know, just people figuring out that this is where it's going to be at, uh, and it was it's just like a really cool idea. And and the, the thing that I, I noticed a lot re- researching this is uh, he is he's a very kind of self-loathing in a way he's very like self-deprecating right. he doesn't really think t- too highly of himself um okay which is really interesting considering how the rest of the art world and the rest of the world kind of lashed onto him yeah he's like um, super legit yeah yeah and but also he he's very collaborative like he he definitely he definitely wants to incorporate as many other people like him around him as possible to make sure that you know, it's not just him. He wants to make sure that other people get recognition as well. He doesn't um, take himself too seriously. Definitely and he's okay not. with sharing yeah, the attention. Definitely not. And, and if you it, like, that's that's another reason why people really latch on to his art, because it's <laughs> it is kind of like biting social commentary. But there's an element of humor there. Yeah. That you don't really see with a whole lot of other art. You know, a lot of his, his artwork is very funny. Yeah. Um, even if it's maybe lowbrow humor, it's still you know, it still makes a joke about there, there's something to be said was. for lowbrow humor. Yeah, like yeah, we, right. we poo poo it, but it's funny for a reason. <laughs> we poo poo lowbrow. I'll definitely, I'll definitely show, show you guys like some of the, the artwork in the book later just to <laughs> make a better yeah. example of that. But yeah, I can only uh, think of like a handful of Banksy pieces. I'd like to see a collection of them. Oh, yeah. And like I'll, I'll show you the book right now. Mm. Let's make struggle it's, it's, a, it's a big book. Wow. There's a lot wow, to it. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's called Wall, wall and <laughs> It's called Wall and Peace. Yeah. Uh, again, just an element of his humor, obviously, parroting uh, War and Peace. Yeah, that's um, great. P I E C E. Wall uh, and Peace. peace. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just, you know, pass it around if you guys want to look at yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Just have a quick, quick look. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, but that's one of like five books that he published as well of, of various it? collection of works. Yeah, not yet. Um, <laughs> now Wall and Peace is actually a, it's, it's like his first three books and then some new stuff for this one in that book, uh, that he did. Yeah. Um, but just a lot of really cool, like really good quality photos of his artwork and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and also like little excerpts from things that he said and, and that stuff yeah uh, but yeah it's he's done a lot of really awesome stuff for sure uh but yeah that was in 2001 when he did that that art exhibit there and um uh let's see uh he also talks about how like one of the cool things one of the, the things that he likes about uh doing graffiti and vandalism stuff like that is he can take uh like a statue that everyone looks at every day and just ignores and by putting a traffic cone on the head of the guy in the statue, uh, all of a sudden it's like a brand new thing that people have never experienced before. Yeah, I get, um, I get the sense of that out of some of his work is like he'll take a ordinary I just flipping through there. Mm-hmm. I was reminded that he'll t- he'll do things like label, you know, like a, a dumpster, a picnic area. Yeah, yeah. He, with like an official looking stamp, you know, right? <laughs> like, he'll, he'll take some mundane thing that everyone sees every day and just makes it interesting. And that's like one of the coolest things about it's really like creating magic out of ordinary. It really things. is. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a quote uh, that he, he made during an interview once. Uh, he said the Holy Grail is to spend less time making the picture than it takes for people to look at it. Uh, so it's, wow. so if he can, if he can like put something up on a wall within a couple of minutes yeah. and then people are like standing around staring at it for, you know, 
and like sharing on the internet and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's something really, really magical about that. Uh, there's so cool. in, in the book, there's a couple, uh, things on there where he actually lists how long it took him to put some of the stuff up there mm-hmm. because they're in like, especially challenging places where things would be really easy to notice, yeah. uh, where people get to it and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And then, um, he actually did, uh, his own like gorilla exhibit as mm-hmm. well. After that, that tunnel thing happened, he called it turf war in 2003 where he, uh, he rented out a warehouse in London and just basically put up a bunch of his stuff in there and oh. then uh, like spread the word around that, that that was happening. That sounds familiar to me. I think I remember when that happened. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it was a pretty big deal, uh, especially because uh, he had several live animals that were painted in there. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he, yeah, because he, a lot of his, a lot of his stuff is like shock value. Yeah, right. You know, when you <laughs> when you walk into it like an art exhibit and you see a pig painted like a police officer. Uh, it's, it's, it's very much like, Oh, here you know, we go. Like, oh my shit. God. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't exactly, that was like advertising for the exhibit. Uh, he painted on the sides of cows. Yeah. Uh, in a these, field. I think these are goats in or, it's a yeah. turf war and Banksy and a skull and crossbones, each on a different goat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and obviously that riled up a lot of the animal rights activists and stuff like that. But yeah, right. the crazy thing about this is like he is very much an animal rights activist. Yeah. Uh, he made sure that that was done, you know, responsibly and stuff. Yeah. That's my favorite. Well, I'm sure like <laughs> I'm sure that like he I'm sure that he used materials in such a way as to not cause harm to any animal. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but people just like have like a gut reaction to that mm-hmm. thing. And that's exactly what he's going for. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 to draw that out of people for sure. Uh, so. He uh, let's let's see. He uh, I'm just reading it on here. More of my notes. Um, but yeah, he had pigs painted as, painted in police colors, yeah. uh, sheep in concentration camp stripes Whoa. and a cow with Andy Warhol's face painted on it uh, <laughs> at this at this uh, turf war exhibit. And and that's that's the really interesting about Banksy, I think, is that he doesn't just stop at, you know, painting things on walls. Yeah. He goes and does like. I think that what's really makes him like a modern artist more than just a street artist. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite. The one on the left is, is one of my favorite things. It's basically um, a series of cones that have been cut off. Yeah. And it looks like they're sinking into the asphalt they're setting on. Yeah. Um, it's and a then, really interesting. And then visual. the one next to it is a bunch of cones all together making like a. It looks like a sea urchin. It's like it a looks like a giant structure. sea urchin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's it's really, really cool looking stuff. Um, yeah, but that's the thing I like really like, I think that's why a lot of people respect him too, is cause he, he goes beyond just the medium he started at and is like, all right, what other cool stuff can I do, yeah. you know, with common objects and things like that. I feel like a lot of artists like to talk a game of like art being like this uh, thing that like can like uh, transcend just like, you know, like being, being, uh, linked to its medium or like, a, like yeah. everything being a canvas, anything can be art. People like to say, but right. like, I really do think he really challenged that notion. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, the 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 <laughs> idea of taking these really super ordinary things and turning them into something you have to like stop and appreciate. I mm-hmm. really appreciate his sense of humor. Yeah, it's great. It really is, and it, it's also again it, it, a lot of it is because of that that social commentary he's making at the same time as like making a joke about it, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Uh, and then uh, because you know no one was going to hang his stuff in a real museum, uh, he took it upon himself later that year in two thousand three. 
Uh, he actually framed a few uh, paintings he had made where he had taken uh, paintings he had found and then he stenciled things onto them. So there was a, a couple of those in there. Yeah. So there's a painting of it was like a like idyllic landscape. And he basically stenciled like police line. Do not cross in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he framed that and he he took that to the Tate Museum in England and put some uh, glue on it and hung that on, yeah, the wall put it on the wall as an exhibit. Yeah. And it, had, it made up a little like title like a little card for it like you see the museum and put it right next to it yeah um that's like the equivalent of going to a movie rental store and leaving the movie you produced on exactly yeah yeah and (laughs) and and that's that's exactly what it is like well no one's gonna reach out to me to put this out there so i'm gonna do it yeah uh and he did that at the tate museum in uh london he also went to the louvre in paris and he put up a uh picture of uh mona lisa but he put like a yellow smiley, smiley face in face. front of her face. Um, <laughs> and then he also went to the Met in uh, New York and put up a, a picture. Uh, that one was of a like a, it was a portrait of a woman. And then he put like he painted like a gas mask over her face wow, uh, and put it up there as well. I saw another one. It was like another landscape. And then he had like a security camera. Yeah. Yeah. Like a pool that has like the three security cameras uh, facing oh, different directions in the middle of it. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. it's also it's like really well done, too. Like it, that's <laughs> that's the crazy thing is he's actually a good painter. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it look like it fits in the painting. There's a there's a Monet he painted over uh, and he actually painted because um, it's it's like a I, I don't know what it's called, but it has like a river. and There's a bridge in the background. Okay. And in the river, he painted shopping carts and like uh traffic cones in there and he painted it in the style of monet so it fit in the painting uh which that's is really awesome. really impressive and uh yeah so it's like that's the crazy thing it's like he's a, a really good artist and also like really clever in the way he does it and yeah. putting his own stuff in museums he definitely you can definitely get a sense of like uh what all of this means to to him like what his com- what his commentary is yeah you know, sort of just like this like a modern like urban decay of things mm-hmm. you know like like th- th- that theme seems to kind of like reemerge for sure. Yeah. Uh, you might get to this and feel free to like ignore the question until you get to it. <laughs> if that's the case. But I, I'm just sitting here wondering, like, obviously he's anonymous for a good reason, mm-hmm. but is he able to make a living off of this? Is there a way that he has monetized it? I mean, he's made like the documentary and obviously yeah. books. So up, up until this point, uh, and I'm getting this in a little <laughs> bit, it's, it's very much implied that he doesn't need the money. Yeah. Uh, cause he can, there's, he hasn't, and I'll get to this at some point. Cause he does end up being able to sell his art for a lot of money yeah. later on. Um, but he's always been kind of weird about it and he's always kind of made it clear that, you know, he, he gives a lot of it away to, social causes and and maybe he uses that money to fund other projects he's doing later, but he's often said that he doesn't actually need the money. And that's why it's always like, like, all right, what does this guy actually do? He can afford to do this. Yeah. But it's, it's very clear that his risk, like it is against the law. Yeah. So risking that and, and being okay with like, okay, if I do get caught, I have the money to handle it. Right. And then also, like, I don't need to make profit off of this. Yeah, yeah I also uh, read that he, he had been arrested when and he spent time in, in prison when he was a, a younger. But it was before he started doing the stuff as Banksy. Uh, so it was like it was right. before he started doing it. I guess he got good enough at avoiding the cops that it hadn't become an issue yet. OK, um, which is, you know, says something about him, I guess, as well. But, yeah, it, it's very clear that, you know, through all this, he doesn't really seem to necessarily <laughs> need to get any money from it. Okay. Um, 
nor is he asking for it. Uh, so in August 2004, uh, he produced a large quantity of spoof British 10-pound notes, uh, replacing the <laughs> Queen's head on there with Princess Diana. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and changing the uh, the text from Bank of England to Banksy of England. Um, is that illegal? It's, it's forgery. Yeah. yeah that's because that definitely yeah. would be forgery here. Yeah, forgery. Um, <laughs> he went to a music festival and he basically went into a crowd and just like threw up a, a pile of them. Um, <laughs> and he noticed that people were using those and like buying stuff with them at the festival. <gasps> oh, no. Because and, and he explains this actually in the documentary. He's, he talks about this in there. But he explains that like when you see it like crumpled up, you don't really think of it as anything other than just a $10 or 10 pound note. If it was perfectly crisp. Yeah. And not folded. You would look at it and go, this is brand new. This is funny. Money. Yeah. Yeah. But he, it would be like crumpled up and it just, yeah. you know, people, you don't pay attention when you're grabbing, you know, obviously if you're at a music festival, there's a lot of other people that need to yeah. pay for stuff. What is their money made out of? Is it paper? I assume it's the same thing. Ours is made out of like that. That ours is cotton, cotton. cotton. like paper stuff. Yeah. I, I assume it's probably the same thing. Um, I was just curious. Yeah. A, yeah. I didn't, I didn't do that much research. Sorry. I wasn't expecting you to. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. just thinking about it. Fr- frankly, I'm a little <clears throat> disappointed. You don't know the composition of a uh, British, uh, you know, hundred pounds. Yeah, right, well, uh, well, it's been fun guys. I guess I'll see you later. Um, and then, uh, he also, uh, he, he used, cause he, he made a ton of these and he's like, well, shit. I mean, this is actually very, very illegal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's, like, that's why I was like, <laughs> it's like, he, he explains like you could go to jail for like 10 years of that. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, he is like, you see it in the documentary, like in his studio, he just has like boxes of these and there he's like, I don't know really what to do with them anymore. Cause <laughs> <laughs> like it's, yeah. uh, but apparently he, um, he actually, because everyone knew his Banksy, he, like frames um you like frames cutouts of them Mm -hmm. and uh like during some sort of memorial for princess diana you know they went off to auction and you know made a ton of money there as well so like nice yeah it's like he's again very good at using his platform to be socially conscious and actually make something good out of it yeah uh, which is kind of crazy for a street artist yeah it's like it's like a I, I don't need a whole lot of reasons to love the guy but that's just like extra reasons (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's really really cool um And then in August 2005, he made a trip to Palestine and he tagged the the wall between uh, Israel Israel and Palestine. Palestine. Um, And like, I don't know if you saw them in there in the book, uh, but they're in there. And and like the things he he does are a really beautiful and also like really good, like like on the nose, like, oh, shit stuff. So like uh, the one that he did in there that I I really like, um, it's basically like he it's two kids looking at what is like a hole in the wall mm-hmm. and the other side of it is like this this beach paradise uh sort of scene yeah. and it was, it's really striking because everything is black and white except for the image on the other side of the wall it's this like beautiful like yeah. blue sky green trees and things like that um wow. and then the other one i really like that's a lot more subtle is basically he just uh painted like the like the like the cutout lines you see on things where you're supposed to like cut things out yeah. uh, it's like yeah. cut out you know around like a segment of the wall with like little scissors on there again it's like super subtle but like genius. a really genius commentary yeah. on the, on the thing um another one really good one where he basically like painted uh, a ladder from the top of the wall all the way down yeah at the bottom of it's like a kid like kneeling down like to give someone a boost up uh, which is, again, like really, really be- like great yeah. commentary on it 
And it's just like, it's like, oh man, that's like really cool. And including imagery of children as an extra yeah. as, as stroke of like uh, uh, clever commentary, right? Yeah, because like, the, you know, children have that in- inherent innocence about them. It's like, yeah. you know, what do they think about all this? And, yes. And I think it also just, it makes people think about the future yeah. and recontextualize things when they're thinking of, okay, I've only been thinking of how this has impacted me. Right. And not people who have no bearing on this situation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And uh, there's a there's an excerpt of it in the book as well. But he mentions as he's as he's doing this, uh, one of the the locals there comes up to him while he's doing this. Like, you know, you're really making this this wall beautiful. And he's like, oh, th- thanks. I appreciate that. He's like, you should stop. I hate it. <laughs> thanks. I hate it. A literal thanks. I hate it. Because like they, they really hate that wall and, yeah. and be putting this beautiful art up on there. You know, makes them think about it in a different way, but also makes them think about that wall. Yeah, which right. is exactly what he's trying to do. It's like it's a really brilliant, you yeah. know, excellently executed like commentary on the whole thing. God, that's um, amazing! Really, it is. Really, it is. Uh, I really like that he got a literal in person <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literal things. I hate it. Yeah, um, that's great. And then uh, in <clears throat> 2006, uh, in September, uh, he had his first U.S. show. Um, yeah in Los Angeles called barely legal. And this is, this is where like Banksy really blew up, uh, where he, he really like launched into, uh, the social consciousness of like who this guy actually is. Yeah. Like he got outside the art world and into the world world. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like at this art show, like huge celebrities were there. Brad Pitt, Angelina, Angelina Jolie, big celebrities were there in 2006. Um, and like the, the highlight of the show was, he had a literal elephant in the room. Uh, <laughs> paint, so like the, all the walls in the, the warehouse that this was set up in were painted red with gold fleur-de-lis uh-huh, on them. Yeah. And the elephant was also painted red with those fleur-de-lis. So like a little literal elephant in the room painted to match the walls of the room. Yeah. So that you wouldn't notice it. That's um, fantastic. And of course, like those again, it's the same animal act, rights activists were all up in arms yeah, about it. Sure, uh, but like it, it, it was exactly the point he was trying to make. Is like everyone's paying attention to this, yeah. when there's other like bigger problems that everyone should be paying paying attention to. Uh, <laughs> so they actually clever. had like um, little note cards handed out, you know, for people viewing that that specific exhibit talking about how like the literal elephant in the room yeah. and how everyone like there's like 50 billion people living in poverty or not 50 billion. That's stupid. 50 million, <laughs> like 80 million people living in poverty around the world yeah. and no one's talking about it. Like yeah. it's just like everyone's here for this fancy art show or whatever. Yeah, right. And you know, there's a literal elephant in the room, um, <laughs> which again, it's just like right in line with what the sort of stuff he does. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's really like nobody like him. Really not, yeah. I kind of really appreciate the idea of him being like, why are you paying attention to me? Go pay attention to this thing that needs your attention. Exactly, yeah. And it's it's great because he he gets it. Like, there's very few people that get it. Uh This guy totally does. Yeah. Um, Also, while he was in Los Angeles, he took a trip to Disneyland. And uh, in 2006 was right when all the, like, the Guantanamo Bay shit was, was, like, really blown up. Yeah. Um, And he... Uh, hid in his bag a blow-up doll that was dressed in, like, an orange prison jumpsuit Mm -hmm. uh, with, like, a black bag over his head. And he went to Disneyland, went to one of the rides, blew the blow-up doll up, hopped the fence into the area of the ride, and, like, hung that on one of the fences there. 
Uh, and it was like tied up. So people would pass it <laughs> yes. on the ride. On the well, ride. they're on the ride. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> and again, because, you know, yeah, you're at Disneyland. Everything's great. Yeah. But there's there's like innocent people getting murdered in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, right. You should pay attention to this shit. And again, wow. like it really like excellent commentary. Now, the, the crazy thing is like Disney has that shit on lock. So that was only up there for like 90 minutes. Right. Um, but that's impressive by itself. Yeah. The 90 yeah. minutes is quite a long time, like for Disney. I'm kind of yeah. surprised. Right. And there's a whole like segment in the documentary about this as well, which is really, really good to watch. Um, I highly, highly recommend. What's the name of the documentary? I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, maybe I should just, I mean, I should just, just mention that it's, it's called Exit Through the Gift Shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely get to it later. It was on Netflix for a while, but I don't What's know good? if it okay. is. Yeah. I, uh, I remember the name, I think, because it was on Netflix, but mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. It's, uh, it's really good. I actually own it on DVD. I brought it with me tonight in case you guys want to watch it. Nice. Uh, but it is a little late tonight, but maybe you'll get to it later. Yeah. Um, where am I at? <laughs> Was that turning Japanese? No, it's never that. Um, yeah, so after after this huge success of an art show, uh, there started to become like a Banksy effect. Uh, where all of a sudden the art world was turning their attention to other street artists and things like that. Yeah. And it's all because of him. And yeah. uh, there, there's no other like better proof of that than you know when his work was going to auction. Uh, so in February 21st and 22nd, 2007, uh, a number of his works were auctioned at so- Sotheby's, Sotheby's, I don't know uh, how to pronounce that. Sotheby's, I Sotheby's in London. Uh, and the combined total of the works that were sold uh, in, in just those two days was 372,000 pounds. Wow. This is in 2007, like when he was just like first really started to get the attention yeah. of people. I wonder um, what that is in today money. In today America money. <laughs> in today America money. But yeah, th- <laughs> so like went from relative obscurity, yeah. you had a couple little shows, little couple, couple like cheeky jokes and things like that to all of a sudden selling his artwork for hundreds of thousands of mo- pounds. Monies. Yeah. Monies. I, I, you, you saw me almost say monies. It's really funny. <laughs> So many monies. So we haven't the most monies. We haven't mentioned it yet, but Dave, Dave and I, Dan and I actually have the same brain. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's true. It's it's kind of scary that it hasn't come up yet. Yeah. We were just repressing it. It, it, the, it feels like there's the show no on need. rails. It's it's just an, it it is known. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is known. Uh, and and again, because he's so like self aware and self deprecating. Um, after the second day of those auctions. Uh, because Banksy actually has, he does have a website, uh, mm-hmm. which he updates. It's one of the few, um, like, public facings he has. Um, he updated it with a new Im- image of an auction house scene showing people bidding on a pic- picture that said, I can't believe you morons actually buy this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember hearing about that. <laughs> so, like, he, That's so again, good. he gets it. He understands. Like, yeah. Oh, like, I, I know what I'm thinking of. The recent thing he did yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah we'll, i'm sure we'll, we'll get, to that. get yeah. to that yeah uh because that's a much bigger deal yeah uh, which is crazy uh another another good example of his you know art going for crazy money is in 2008 uh there's a couple in norfolk england mm-hmm. uh that were deciding to sell their mobile home um and it had a 30 foot mural of banksy's work on there uh that he had done like years before wow um and basically, like, Banksy, like, approached the couple and he's like, hey, I really want to use, like, I really want to paint something on on your your mobile home. Like, it's just, he wants to do that there. And uh, he, 
as a thank you to the, that couple, he gave them tickets to Glastonbury. Uh, so okay. that mobile home that was purchased in, uh, 11 years from uh, 2008 uh, is when they bought it. They purchased for a thousand pounds. Yeah. Uh, they sold it in 2008 for 500,000 pounds <laughs> because it had Banksy's yeah. work on it. It's the golden touch. It really is. And it's, it's, it's insane. Like, who would have thought? And that, also, what a gift to them. Yeah. Like, I'm sure at that point he kind of knew because he was selling art no, this, at this was This was before he was even a thing. Oh, okay. He, he had painted this before he was even a, a known <laughs> oh, artist. Right. Oh, um, so like that's the crazy part is like <clears throat> because they, they know it's a Banksy, it you know <laughs> went from being a thousand dollar or a thousand pound yeah. uh, mobile home to five hundred thousand pounds. And the thing is, I bet it's only gained value since. Probably, I, yeah. I bet it's yeah. only more valuable. Also, uh, potentially um, some rare people who have met with Banksy, yeah, in person, exactly, right? right? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not too many people that, that mm. knew knew who he was. Um, so yeah. that's that's also really cool too. It's also really cool. Like in the book, they show some pictures of this, of like some of his tags going up on walls, and then within hours, not being taken, not being covered up with other paint, but being covered up with like protective coating <laughs> to like preserve it. It's, yeah. it's like this really insane reversal of you know what you would think graffiti is. Yeah, uh, which is really really cool seeing it being respected that much. Um, so yeah, in, in January twenty fourth, uh, two thousand ten. Uh, Exit through gift shop, gift shop debuted at the Sundance Film Festival, um, and uh, yeah, basically this is a. I, I mentioned this earlier. It's a documentary <laughs> about a guy who wanted to make a documentary about Banksy. Uh, so I, I didn't realize that actually, yeah, because I yeah. haven't seen it either. I thought it was that guy's documentary. Well, so Banksy directed it and did a fair amount of editing on it. Yeah. Uh, but it's not about him. I mean, there's parts of it that are showing him working yeah. and stuff like that because it's all included. But, but it's basically a a really good um, like history of street art being recognized as real art. Yeah. Uh, and like the evolution of that. And it also. Um, oh, shit. What's the guy's name? I should have wrote it down. Oh, well, uh, the, the, the documentary guy. Yeah. Uh, Terry Guetta okay. uh, <laughs> was, was the guy who was. Basically, he was he was a, a French immigrant to the United States. He was living in Los Angeles, and he was obsessed with the idea of filming everything. So he had a video camera he took with him everywhere okay. and filmed every minute of his life, basically. Um, really eccentric, interesting guy. Uh, and just so happened to be the cousin of a uh, famous French street artist named Space Invader. Uh, okay. so he went, he went back to France to, you know, visit family on a vacation and he's hanging out with his cousin and his cousin's like, you know, making all these, they called him space invader because he would do like these tile mosaics of characters from space invader. Yeah, video I, think game. I, I think I remember seeing that on the internet and he would like go around and like paste them up on walls and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so he was just like hanging out with his cousin and he, he saw him doing it. He's like, Oh man, this is really cool. What are you doing? And he's like, I don't really want to talk about it too much. He's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. What, what are you doing? And so, like, he basically accompanied his cousin, Space Invader, going around France or Paris or wherever they're at yeah. and, like, putting up the, those tags and things like that. And he has, like, video footage of all of it because he just takes his camera around and everywhere. Yeah. So it's, like, the perfect, like, you know, setup for a documentary about this stuff. Sure. And then, like, the crazy thing is, like, through Space Invader, he meets all these other hugely influential street artists. Yeah. Uh, eventually making his way, you know, because he lived in Los Angeles originally. When he went back to Los Angeles, uh, his cousin told 
um, Shepherd Fairy about him. Mm-hmm. And then he was hanging out with Shepherd Fairy and helping him out with, you know, putting up his artwork and things like that. And then, you know, he kept hearing about Banksy, 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 all, like everyone talking about him. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, man, I got to find this guy. I got to meet this guy. And obviously Banksy is, you know, notoriously elusive. Yeah. And um, for plenty of good reasons. Plenty of good <laughs> reasons. Covered yeah. And, and also you, you kind of get the the opinion that he is not a very social person either. Like he, he kind of seems it's kind of like the perfect fit for him. He can be famous without actually being out there. And he's, he can be kind of reclusive while also doing what do you love doing? <laughs> yeah, like there's um, not too many people who uh, like uh, really do this, who like entertain the world or delight the world in total anonymity. Right. Yeah. There's just not that many. Yeah. Uh, so like it was it was just by chance that, um, you know, Banksy had was going to visit Los Angeles uh, to do his, his street art there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his his normal the, the, the person who normally helps him out uh, wasn't able to make it. Uh, so he had, you know, called up <laughs> Shepard Ferry in Los Angeles and like asked him, like, oh, do you know of anybody here that could help me out? Yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, there's this guy, um, Terry, who is, you know, knows every wall. He, he he's, you know, cousins of Space Invader. Like he he knows all everything about Los Angeles and where to go, like to get the best, you know, locations. Okay. And so it's just like a happenstance thing that is like, yeah, just yeah, call him up and we'll we'll go do this. And then. So, like, in the documentary, he, Terry talks about how he's literally, like, speeding, running red lights to go meet <laughs> Banksy because he's been waiting for years <clears throat> to, to actually meet this guy. Wow. And, um, like, Banksy talks about how he was initially apprehensive <clears throat> about having a guy follow him around with a camera. Right. Uh, but then he, like, kind of thought about it. It's like, actually, you know, it's kind of a good idea to, like, document this stuff because how temporary this art form is. Uh, yeah. And then he also realized, well, he can also act as a, as a lookout and make sure that <laughs> no one's coming and finding me and stuff like that. So uh, yeah. it, it, they it worked out this this good partnership together of, you know, being able to, you know, do work together. And he like flew him out to London to help him out with, with stuff back at, back at home and stuff like that. Took him to a studio and showed him around and things like that. Uh, you know, actually made a made a pretty good friend with him. Yeah. Um, and then he started, you know. Kind of uh, realizing he he might have been a little more than eccentric and kind of maybe a little crazy okay. uh, because <laughs> okay Terry had this idea is like oh yeah I, I should I should make all this footage I've been collecting into a street art documentary yeah uh, so Terry makes a documentary uh, and they show a clip of it in in exit through the gift gift shop yeah uh, but it is just the most horrible mess of like three second clips like intercutting with each other oh so there's um, no narrative there's no narrative no structure just like all this this mismatched like garbage together and it's a really funny moment in the documentary because uh banksy's in it but he's like his face is covered his voice is modulated so you don't hear what he actually sounds like yeah he just sits sits back in his chair is like uh yeah Yeah, it sounds like he produced something completely unwatchable, but that, yeah. like, but that totally represents the kind of person he is, which is a collector of all of these things. Exactly right. Yeah, and, and you really it, you you would see it as a collection of images and events, but not a. Narrative. But it was not what's, it was not watchable in any way. What's really interesting to think about is the fact that that's probably how he sees it all in his head. Probably. He's very passionate yeah. about it, but that's how it is in his head. It's just like bouncing from one exactly. thing to the next to the next yeah. to the next. So Banksy kind of realizes, like, all right, well. Obviously, this guy's not going to do it justice. <laughs> I feel like this is actually a very important thing to have made. 
Yeah. So I'm going to take this monster on and I'm going to do it. Wow. Um, and he he's like, you know, Terry, uh, just leave. Just give me all your all the footage you have. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can make something out of it. But in the meantime, go back to, go back to LA and, and, you know, try your own hand at, at making street art. Uh, he's like, I just, I want you to go try it yourself and, and see if you can do something. Wow. So while Banksy is focusing on making exits, they, the shop, they just switched sides. <laughs> so essentially. Yeah. yeah. Which is really interesting. Um, and because Terry is so like, he he basically takes everything that Banksy says as like law word. Like he he idolizes this guy so much. Wow. He's like, well, I, I feel like I've just gotten like an edict from him. I have to go, you know, make the most of this. Yeah. And he basically I wonder what like his dives like. head first into it. And he he's basically like iterating upon everybody he's spent time with. Yeah. And none of it is really original none of it's actually very good yeah but because it looks like everyone else's work it, it gains popularity sure like it gets attention yeah it gets attention and <laughs> basically the whole the whole documentary is how you know banksy's kind of created a monster uh and <laughs> it's really interesting because it goes from being this this like the history of like the street art movement to then like solely is just looking at this guy yeah. um it's a really again i highly recommend the movie um if you guys want to borrow it definitely borrow I, it. I do want to see it um it's a great great documentary and it, it did get nominated for an academy award for best documentary feature uh in 2011 mm-hmm. um and i do the, want to watch that sometime yeah it's really good um <laughs> also like when he got nominated for an academy award uh this was his response uh, this is a big surprise. I don't agree with the, the concept of award ceremonies, but I'm prepared to make an exception for the ones I'm nominated for. The last time there was a naked man covered in gold in my house, it was me. <laughs> so again, like it's good. Totally not on board with the awards thing, but self-referential humor and, and kind of making jokes about it. And something yeah, like that. right. That, that they did not win uh, for that that category. Um, it was uh, Inside Job, the one about the financial collapse. Oh, okay. Um, narrated by Matt Damon. Also, a really good documentary if you haven't <laughs> seen it. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a shock that he got nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, there was all this buzz around like, oh, is he going to be there? Is he going to be there? Because right. uh, at the same time, like at the same time the Oscars were going on, there was a bunch of new like Banksy art going up in Los Angeles as like a you know kind of like a, a you know like a. It's almost like a marketing campaign, it. sort of. Really yeah. was, yeah, it really was. Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah. Um, also, it took the uh, him and several other editors a year to put that movie together. Uh, there was ten thousand hours of footage they oh had to go through. God, of just everything that he was filming. That's just, so much. How could insane. they even have watched it? <laughs> it was like him and like he said he had to keep replacing editors because they were losing <laughs> their minds. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm sure. <clears throat> so after after uh, Exit to the Gift Shop came out and had its success, he did a couple other you know shows around around the world and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but the next big one was in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, when him and a bunch of other artists came together and they put up Dismaland. Dismal like Dismal Dismaland like like Dismal yeah like okay. Dismal 
Um, it was a, an intentional like parody of Disneyland. Yeah, uh, I think I remember hearing about that. Um, and <laughs> it was really cool because he, he had like artwork and sculptures from 58 different artists there. Uh, but it was also like replete <laughs> with uh, people walking around wearing mouse ears. And, uh, sure. you know, like there was a there's like a fake castle they put up in the middle that was the kind of run down and to the um dilapidated and things like that yeah. like kind of looking like you know what would happen to disney world if it kind of like fell apart well, like disney's like notoriously like like their their lawyers don't fuck around They're right litigious. right and, and he he obviously he chooses his shots uh purposefully <laughs> yeah right he really does and uh well, that's also a big the one fact to take that on. most of the things he do he he do most of the things he do most of the things he does has a very short lifespan yeah yeah, yeah this um, was because only it's the medium uh, he's used to but like they sure they could try to be litigious about it but it's going to be gone in like a day true so yeah, so but, what are they going to do yeah, this this went up for and also they don't know his real identity. Who are they going to sue? <laughs> right, right. Sure, that helps. I mean, he does. He actually does have like a a small like legal team uh, that kind of acts as his liaison for when he is selling art, for example, or um, sure. to verify if something is actually his work or, or not. Because obviously that's the big question when it comes to I bet. selling a Banksy is like, did he actually do this? Yeah, right. Um, so he does actually have like a small uh, legal team that works for him to make sure that stuff can get kind of get. Uh, verified and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, he called it a amusement park. Um, <laughs> and it was up for 36 days. Uh, he also referred to it as a family theme park unsuitable for children. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like that. it was really funny. They, they, uh, there's a there's a whole there's the website still up for it, but it's just a, a photo slideshow of the different things that happened yeah. there. Um, it's really interesting to look at the, the stuff that went up there. But uh, because it was, yeah, it's 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 basically it was like a big outside art show uh, that all these artists could you know show off their work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then in 2017, uh, for the hundredth anniversary of the British control over Palestine, uh, Banksy financed himself a uh, hotel uh, that went up in Bethlehem. So he basically a hotel, a hotel, like Uh, like an inn. Yeah, like he 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 bought a building and turned it into a hotel. Using his own money, yeah. um, and the 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 thing is like going back to that wall. Every room, the windows are facing the wall, mm. so it, it's it's yeah. it's making like them again look. making them look. <clears throat> um, and more importantly, making people who aren't from there most likely exactly look. yeah yeah because it's open to the public. You can like anyone can go there and, and get a room. Um, every room is like designed by Banksy. So it has like a lot of his artwork in there. Yeah. So it's a really cool like environment to be there, be in. Uh, there is a <laughs> huh? really cool environment to beat in. <laughs> I didn't say that. I mean, I mean, but, but also, I mean, if you're going to go to that hotel, you're going you're gonna to beat off. You're going to beat it's off. It's going to be hotel. really cool. Right. Yeah. Cause you're really cool. Like, looking at a real Banksy. You're like looking out the Just window at that off. wall and yeah. beating it. Not depressing. Doesn't make you really think about. I don't want to meet the person life. who goes all that way <laughs> and doesn't beat up. Right? <laughs> Sorry. I've again. <sighs> Anyway. I've, again, I've again done it. Uh, the uh, the hotel is called the Walled Off right Hotel. Off the, uh, the what? <laughs> the Walled Off Hotel. Like a Waldorf. Nice. Like a Waldorf. Yep. Very nice. Um, but yeah, there's like there's uh, there's even like a like a presidential suite, like the top floor, but it's still facing uh, the wall. 
there. There's also a like a full like art ex- art museum exhibit in there that has like rotating exhibits of different artists and things like that. So yeah, uh, a lot of like local artists from like Palestine feature getting their artwork featured in there, which is also really cool. Um, and it's it's all staffed by locals. <laughs> like it's it's locally owned. Like the owner, like the actual owner that is working in the hotel is from Palestine. So it's like. It sounds like he did this in the best possible way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's really, really crazy. Um, and all of the it's a non for profit, too. It's so like all the profits go towards like improving the area around it, which is just insane. Like it's, it's he's making yeah. no money from this. It's just and 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 there's lots of people who could do something like yeah. this, but they fucking don't. Exactly. Uh, the other cool thing about that is the hotel features a Walmart uh with with uh stencil um stencil um what am i looking for but it is stencil supplies and like paint okay. so you can make your own stencils to put up on the wall oh my god so it's it's again it's like encouraging people to you know get you know out there and and make it like make your Draw own people's attention yeah. exactly yeah <clears throat> uh so it's yeah it's a really cool thing uh you did in 2017 you can still go there if you you know make your way out there <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it's really really neat um it's so cool and then most recently in 2018 this is what you alluded to earlier mm-hmm. yeah. uh one of his paintings balloon girl uh was sold on auction at sospe's Sotheby's, how do you say that? Uh mm-hmm. for 1.04 million pounds. <laughs> I, I remembered it was a lot. It was a lot of money. And then uh, <laughs> as soon as the auction was completed, yeah. uh, a alarm rang and then the painting slid down through the frame it was in into a built-in shredder in the frame and got <laughs> shredded halfway through. Yeah. And then it stopped halfway. And there's the video shredder. of it. You yep. could watch yourself. <laughs> so on Banksy's Instagram, he actually put the video up. Imply he was probably there watching it happen. Yeah, uh, right. Because if you do all that for that, you're going to be there for it. Probably. Um, and he also made it put another video on his personal YouTube channel of his one of his test runs and like the painting going all the way through. So like for whatever reason, when when it actually happened, uh, it only get went halfway through instead of all the way through. Oh, yeah. so it was supposed to go all the way. Yeah, it was supposed to be completely destroyed. Right. But it only got halfway destroyed. Yeah. Either way, kind of like good enough. <laughs> yeah, it, it totally it, like again, like point made, like absolutely did what he wanted it to do. Here's the thing, though. I bet it increased because, the value of that. Because Banksy did it. It's still worth something. <laughs> exactly. So the, the exactly what you said, Dave, uh, it's estimated that he added an additional 50 percent to the value. Of course. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah, because um, it's it's also now tied to the event of that. Exactly. Happening. Yeah. The statement is bigger. And than just the than just the balloon girl exactly. in the frame. Let's also talk about what an abstract idea it is of like putting value on certain things. Yeah, like yeah. just because it's who it was that did it. Like well, I, it, I could do the same thing and it's worthless. Right, like right. it, it's just such a bizarre idea. Like I can't wrap my head around it. And that's that's a, that's a thing that he he talks about a lot because he obviously gets question about it. Is like how much of it is that are you buying the artwork or are you buying the fact the that artist. it's the, like the artist associated with it? Yeah. Um, I didn't talk about this earlier, but earlier uh, he, he put on a art show uh, where all of the art was unattributed to anyone. Uh, oh. And, and like, just to see like how much of that would actually be impacted by it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he, ob- he obviously like plays with that idea a lot. I love the idea of that. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, come appreciate the art mm-hmm. and, and don't think so much about who did it. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
but yeah, uh, and that's also like a lot of people, uh, like art critics and, and things like that, uh, making the point about that that stunt that he pulled as being like the first time that art was created at an auction because oh, yeah. there, was, there was art there, but he made another piece out of the piece that was made yeah. at the auction. As it was as it was being purchased, it yeah. became something completely different. It's undeniably a different thing with exactly. a different, with a different uh, that you interpret differently. As exactly. Yeah. So like really cool stuff he does. Like honestly, outside the box, really interesting ways of looking at art in the world and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, here's here's the thing. Like he he is anonymous. Mm-hmm. But 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 obviously hey. there's a lot of people out there who want to know who he is. Yes. Uh, I, so, I remember years ago looking into this little bit myself. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of almost against my own will. There's a, there's a curiosity to it. Yes. But, but I, I find I kind of don't like want you, to really know. Yeah, for sure. you, you don't want to know because yes. there's something to the mystery right. of and, it. But I, I would honestly consider myself to be a fan of his. Uh, yeah. I, I really do enjoy a lot of his work. Like, like I mentioned earlier, when I was in school uh, doing this doing the project. I picked him because he was an artist that I respected. I, I really liked his work at the time. It was like when, really when he was starting to catch steam and become this, this thing larger than himself. Yeah. Um, and I really do enjoy his work a lot. So doing this research into finding out who he was kind of hurt me a little bit. Yeah. Because right. It's like, I didn't want to know, but I feel like I'd be doing uh, this show <clears throat> injustice if I didn't. Go I, through I had so, a similar feeling. So at this point, what we're going to do is we're actually going to shut the mics off. And <laughs> Dan is going to tell us. <laughs> but we're not going to tell you guys. Actually, I should tell you guys. Spoiler warning for Banksy. <laughs> I should tell you guys this podcast is currently being destroyed as we create it. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Just like Banksy. <laughs> Except no one cares. <laughs> Just like Banksy, You're but no one cares wrong. is a great subtitle. <laughs> the Goose Chase story. <laughs> it's a great subtitle for this podcast. That's going to be the title. Uh, um, so yeah, there's a couple different theories as to as to who he might be. Yeah. Um, one theory, which is has kind of been disproven pretty easily, was that he was uh, 3D, the guy who uh, mm-hmm. was the Bristol-based graffiti artist who then went to be a, a founding member of Massive Attack, right. whose name is actually Robert Del Naha. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was pretty easily disproven because uh, <laughs> you know they actually are friends in real life. And, and, you know, he, he was pretty easily be able to yeah. verify that that's not him. Yeah. Uh, the other person who he was oftentimes, uh, attributed as being was Jimmy Hewlett, uh, who was a comic book artist noted for tank girl. Um, huh. also for the artistic, you know, drawings of gorillas. Um, okay. but again, uh, that ended up being pretty easily, easy to disprove. Right. Uh, the one that holds a lot more water, uh, is a person by the name of Robert Gunningham. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. Did I say Robert? Robin Gunningham. Okay. Uh, Robin Gunningham. Um, it's okay. Mispronounce it. If it is him, he'll appreciate yeah, right. the misattribution. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of evidence that supports this theory um, for, for a couple of things. So before he was being known as Banksy, he was known as Robin Banks. Uh, R-O-B-I-N <laughs> Banks. And then he, 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 shorted, he, shorted, nice. he shorted the Banksy because it was easier to tag. Uh, um, yeah, but right. But if the guy's first name is Robin, he's going by Robin Banks, eh, probably that's pretty the good. The thing I like Central. about tags is like, so I'm into roller derby and it's like yeah. the same idea as roller derby names. Like, I, I love that. Robin Banks would be a roller derby. Yeah, name. yeah. Like that's a total derby name right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and then also... Um, just just because of like people who know Robin Gunningham 
And just by using public information about, you know, where somebody lives and, and things like that, um, they were pretty they were able to kind of track a lot of <laughs> Banksy's movement to Robin's movement. And uh, there was actually a study in 2016 that came out uh, that was using geographic profiling to track the frequency of Banksy's work to the okay. known locations of Rob, Robin Guttingham. Wow. Um, and it was like there was like a 5% deviation in some, some places. So uh, okay. lots of evidence there. Now, again, like that's just tracking the artwork that was done in London and in, um, where's that? Where's where he from? <laughs> uh, he was uh, from Bristol, Bristol, right? Bristol. Yeah. Just yeah. the stuff that was done in London and in Bristol. So there's a lot of, you know, still unknown about it, but right. the, when, so like the other two people I mentioned, uh, Robert Zonaha and James Hewlett, when they asked Banksy's legal team about it, about it they you know outrightly denied it uh, that they, that he, those were him. Uh, however, when questioned about Robin Gunningham, yeah, they were a little bit more can neither confirm nor, de- nor deny. Uh, well, that well, hold on, that just doesn't seem smart to begin with, right? I mean, it, but they probably don't feel like they can actually lie right about yeah it. you can't just say mm. that you're not somebody and what they should have done is not, for everything yeah. said we can neither confirm nor deny right, right. Yeah. but they they i don't think they would have ever thought they would even get it this close yeah um yeah right because i mean other uh, otherwise like ostensibly like this guy is not a name outside of being Banksy, right? Like so. Yeah. So it's like this. The other thing is like if you if you Google Robin Gunningham, everything just comes up Banksy. Like it's just like it's it's just that the, he has no other association outside of. What does that. Robin Gunningham do though? Because because it comes back to that whole he like he doesn't need the money thing. Well, right. that, that's the thing is like you you can't find a spot of this guy anywhere other than being associated with. Banksy. I'm just like I'm racking my brain. Like does he have family money? Like who does not need money? Well, maybe yeah. maybe it's 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 not that he doesn't need the money. It's more of like that's not why he's doing it. Okay. And then, as you can see, he made a ton of money from it, but he then yeah. he put it in other stuff. Like he he yeah. funded that that Dismaland show. He he yeah. <laughs> like made a hotel in Bethlehem yeah. as a like a very outward um, you know statement about something. So obviously he's either you know just doesn't <laughs> feel right taking it. Yeah. Uh, or is that's just not why he's doing it? Um, it's just hard to imagine. Like, the, like, is this dude working in a gas station somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is, it's what yeah, is my, my, And my thing is, like, even there are a lot of people who do something for the passion of it, but, and they're not necessarily in it to make money, but you need to live. And so it's one of those, like, they reluctantly use the money if they had to. That's sure. why I'm like, huh, how can you, like, just not? And it's, I'm sure he does yeah, some, right, right? But like, it does seem like he funnels it into either a different cause mm-hmm. or into doing whatever's next. Yeah, it's, it's, and again, like that's the the kind of big mystery is like, even knowing what his name probably is, uh, you still don't really know who he yeah, is. Right. Yeah, the fact that there's nothing out there about him—that's crazy. Yeah. Like, no, who who can stay that anonymous? Like, I I can find information about myself on the internet. Like just by googling my own name, I can find like like people associated with me, like my address. Like this stuff is available online. Yeah, really. The only thing that's, that's don't known about tell this guy. People that on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, know, I know, but it's true. It's true for everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really, the only things that are known about this guy is that he uh, went to school in Bristol, uh, and he played on the soccer team there 
and he was the goalie. Okay. Um, that's really all that you can. You said you played a little footy. Played a little footy. Yeah. Um, there was there was one footy. interview that, we, he, that was conducted where they described him as um, like a tall, skinny white guy uh, with a silver chain, a silver tooth, and a silver earring. Um, okay. But that's really all the descriptives they they went with him. Um, so yeah, other than other than that, like he's still a mystery, which is very impressive. Even though people you know know who what his name probably yeah. is. Yeah, there are people who know him. Yeah. So it's also impressive that like people respect this well, enough and, to like keep thing, it like, under wraps. They're all in on it. Like they all yeah. they all respect that. And and again, it's there's a large amount of so the, and, and there's been a lot of other uh, attempts to find out the identity of, of who he is. And there's every time something like, like that comes up, there's this large outcry from uh, the community, not just the art community, but also like the community of Bristol, like where he's from. Like, yeah. being like, no, we don't want to know. Like he's he's our he's <laughs> the our entirety he- of Bristol steps forward and says, I'm Banksy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm Spartacus. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just really cool that he's still able to maintain at least some level in it of anonymity. Uh, that's so, it's such a hard word to say. Anonymity. Uh, some wow, I can't do see it. an enemy. Yeah, some he, level of see an enemy. Some level of see an enemy. Yeah. Anemone. 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 Keep his identity somewhat Is it anemone? Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> it's anemone. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a see anemone. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, Dave. Sorry, you got, like I legitimately just, angry. Not, not angry, but just like no, it is 100 percent anemone. <laughs> sorry, I don't say the word anemone enough. I'm glad that's what we got out of this. I'm glad that's what this, this turned into. Uh. Wait, so so the end conclusion is we still don't know. Well, we, it's like 75% <laughs> sure, sure that, that that's that's who this guy is. But at the end of the day, like, does the name Robin Gunningham change the fact you don't really know who he is? No. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. If you Even if you could tie it to, like, a guy's name somewhere, mm-hmm. it is no less a mystery. Right. That's really interesting. And I, I think that's a lot of it. A lot of it is calculated on his part. Like, once he once he decided... I'm going to be a graffiti artist. I'm going to be a street <laughs> artist. Like I need to keep this like hidden so that I don't get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, one of the interviews asked what his parents thought of all this as he was starting to do more shows and things like that. And he, he basically said his parents still don't know that it's him. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> That's unbelievable. They think he does like interior design. I mean, it's kind of it's more like exterior <laughs> design, but right. Hey, I see what you did there. Whoa! Hey. All right. So, Dan, I wanted to share something with you, and I feel like I might have talked about it on the podcast before, but I can't remember. Okay. Um. All right. Are you Banksy? I'm actually Banksy. I know I'm well, only finally. 31. Okay. And I've never been to England, but i'm banksy well i'm glad we know yeah i thought this was the perfect moment to announce it on a podcast that has maybe maybe 40 listeners i did all this research and i had no idea (laughs) (laughs) um anyway now the real thing i want to share with you is you mentioned like now instead of like getting covered over immediately Mm -hmm. his his work is like sometimes preserved right and i 
made me think of an article I'd read at one point that was pretty funny. Um, this guy in Southwest Victoria, he's an artist, and he had been act at, act. He had been asked by the town. It was a Warrnambool City, Warrnambool City Council, mm-hmm. to do like a mural, and he mostly uses chalks. Okay. So he was. He decided he needed to, like, practice on an actual wall. Okay. So he went to, like, a bridge nearby his house to practice. And so he he drew a wallaby in on a, pastels on a wall. A wallaby. A wallaby. Um, <laughs> he's Banksy. What? <clears throat> the wallaby is Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he drew this wallaby on the wall. And his whole idea was, like, I'm going to go practice. Like, I should probably ask permission. But, like, this is going to be a practice run. I'm just going to do this. And then the next day I'm going to come back and I'm going to wash it off. Yeah. Yeah. So it took him several hours to do it. And the next day he goes back to wash it off and it's not washing off. Because in the meantime, someone passed by it and liked it so much yeah. that they preserved it by putting oh, wow. like a clear coat yeah, on nice. it. Right. And so just imagine this guy like futile effort, just like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> what have I, I done? Should have asked oh, permission. No. That's really funny, yeah. So inadvertently mm. vandalized the bridge near his home while he was trying to practice for a legitimate mural he was supposed to be doing. I love this idea <clears throat> of this like strangifying beautification of really yeah. ordinary things around us. It yeah. makes me it makes me sad there is not more of it. And also like super interesting in this case that like a lot of times like you, it's vandalizing to right. do something like that. Yeah. yeah. So for someone just walking by to be like, "No, I like this. I'm making it stay." Yeah. Yeah. There's a really cool thing that he uh, he he had done um, as well as he he made a stencil of, like it looked like a, an official like government sign uh, that said like a, like official graffiti zone. Yeah. Uh, like post <laughs> no bills. <laughs> And then, like, in the books, he shows, like, a time lapse of, like, when he puts that up, it's, like, a blank <clears> wall. And a few days later, there's a bunch of graffiti tags all over, over it. And then, like, a month later, it's just covered in graffiti. <laughs> uh, and it's just, like, this really interesting idea of, like, what if graffiti wasn't illegal? Like, what if you could just yeah. go and, and, like, put graffiti on whatever wall yeah. you wanted? Um, what if like, we integrated how much art more, into our lives more? How much more interesting would the world around us be? Yeah. And there are more and more, like... Like city sanctioned murals on the yeah. sides of buildings, which I think is great. Like you mentioned being able to like be in an area, be in a city and see more art just like yeah. in front of you on walls, on buildings. And a lot of places do that now. Like yeah. Chicago does it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was living in Pittsburgh, it's there's a bunch of neighborhoods that that pay an artist to paint a huge mural. Like mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's really in no cool. small part to Banksy. Like I'm yeah. sure that his his legitimacy his legitimacy of this has probably moved it forward to the yeah. point where like it questions a lot of the old sensibilities of like, Oh, maybe this actually is something worth keeping around. Yeah. Right. I, I think that question that comes up of like, well, what is art? Yeah. Like you're just writing this off as not art because it's graffiti, but right. if it's something beautiful, then it's something beautiful. If it's something meaningful, then it's meaningful. And yeah. so why do we have to just like trash it? I also think because of where it's at. The history of graffiti, I think, probably makes a lot of people uncomfortable just to look at it because I think it was so often associated with, like, gang activity. Right. Yeah. Right? So, like, right off the bat, when you see that, you go, oh, shit, whose lawn am I on, right? Like, like, am I in a place I'm not supposed to be? And I think that turning, you know, that that took time and effort to change the perception about what 
you know, graffiti can do. Definitely. And, and, I, and you do see it in places now. Like, like there's a big giant uh, in Lock 3 in Akron. There's always uh, something. They've changed it out a few times, like big sort of painting on the inside of the lock. Um, a couple of places in Akron that have, like, wall art like that. Mm. So, I don't know. It just took time, I guess, to change the perception, right? Yeah, but it's uh, I'm I've never been against like I again like obviously I've I've been a big fan of this guy for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and I just really liked how he subverted the expectations of like what art can be and then yeah. turned that into its <laughs> own art form. Uh, yeah. and then also just because you know he seems like a really cool guy, very down to earth. Yeah, uh, he's I think he's an artist with a natural uh, like like. Uh, disdain for everything that the art world actually represents. Definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because yeah. the art world does on some level, it kind of, it obscures, it, it takes the domain of art away from the people. Mm-hmm. And and he, he also talks about that a lot too. Is like, I'm putting all my artwork out there for free for mm-hmm. everyone to yeah. see. Like who else can, can you say does that? It's, and yeah. I, I really like that idea because I, I have a lot of friends that are artists mm-hmm. and a, a huge issue for artists is like people don't want to pay you for your art. And right. so to flip that on its head and be like, I don't want paid for my art, yeah. but like <laughs> pay attention to these people who kind of need it. Like, right. let me bring other people into the foreground who are also good artists. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that idea of bringing attention to other people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, I guess since we're coming up at the end of the show here, Dan, thank you so much yeah. for covering Banksy so thoroughly. I, I did not know, and <clears throat> very I knew very little about Banksy, but I did not know all and I'm of sure that that's interesting purpose. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually like I was avoiding it for a long time. Yeah. I didn't want to know anything about Banksy. Well, you kind of ruined that I'm for glad me. I ruined it for you. <laughs> I'm glad. I uh, I'm really I'm gonna want to you know sometime soon here look through a lot of things like this, just uh, pieces of his I didn't know about. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I mentioned he has a website earlier. Um, yeah. I <laughs> should have gotten the domain. I think it's I think it's Banksy.co.uk. Uh-huh. Um, and he has an Instagram that he posts to uh, fairly regularly. Um, so yeah, if, if he he honestly has like great photos of his work online everywhere. Yeah. Um, again, he's very upfront about like letting people see his work as much as possible. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's out there if you want to see it. Um, I mean, if you want to borrow this book, go ahead. It's just kind of. It, it normally just collects dust on my so shelf. All of our listeners, if anyone wants to borrow Dan's <laughs> yeah. book, hit us up on Facebook or we'll email. We'll start a book exchange program here. I'll also, never this see is, it again. Also, this is a, a really great time to announce that uh, oh. next week our guest is going to be Banksy. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. And he's going to be talking about Banksy. <laughs> no, he'll be talking no, about me. I was going to say he's going to be talking about Dan. <laughs> That same brain thing. It's going to be a short episode. There's not much to talk about. <laughs> this is this has been a fantastically weird episode. Uh, <laughs> as is always the case when you two are in the same room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, my favorite thing. So, uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm really glad I could come on. I uh, would love yeah. for you to come back. Uh, and Do something like this again. Well, I don't. I don't want to come back. Well, that's fine. <laughs> oh, that's right. The I don't want to see you ever the jam. again. The, it is. The jam he won't time. be able to come back. Why not? Because <laughs> we're eating jam. Oh, I, I like jam. What's wrong with jam? I'm, I would come back for jam. <laughs> this joke is dumb. 
Uh, I, I feel like this is one of those things where only the three of us get it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it'd be one of those. That, no one knows about it. The, pre- I think the premise that, was poorly framed. I think. That, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anyone listening to us is like, I, I don't know what, what they're doing. What about the jam? What, what are they the talking about? Well, uh, we got to pump up the jams. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, now we're definitely done. So. <laughs> We're going to end on a pun. Um, <laughs> thank you, as always, for listening to Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Uh, you want to do it, Dan? Goose Chase. <laughs> that was good. That was yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you probably next week. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Don't say it so normal. I don't like it. All right. All right. All right. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 